and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. I'm back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 154. This is going to be a bit of a bumper show this week. Uh, as the Orient Express steamrolled its way to the top of the league and didn't look like it was running out of puff anytime soon. That was until we played Sutton yesterday, but more of that later in the show. We have a very special guest joining us, making his Orient Outlook podcast debut. Welcome on board to Leighton Orient CEO, Mr. Danny Matkin. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. Good evening, gents. How are things? Yeah, we are good, and you? Very well, very good. Well. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, lovely to have you um, on the podcast, Danny. I'm sure pretty much everyone knows a bit about you, but let's get started. Um, first of all, CEO of Leighton Orient. How did you end up there? What made you apply for the role when you first came over? Yeah, applied just over a year ago. Joined uh, November uh, last year. So I was on a uh, what, three and a half month. Uh, it was meant to be guarding leave. I was still very much uh, at Southend United. And uh, yeah, went through the interview process uh, with Nigel Kent, Marshall, Matt Porter, everyone in the board. <laughs> Martin Ling uh, came into one of the interviews as well. So it was a, it was a very vigorous and rightly so uh, interview process. And uh, it took me about half a second to, to accept to take the role, and uh, obviously yeah, a long, long period of time in uh, in the background before I was able to sort of officially officially join. And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted I did. As uh, we've achieved a lot uh, on and off the pitch in that uh, near twelve months, and uh, there's an awful lot more that we can uh, can do certainly off the pitch of what uh, I can do and the team around me can uh, do to take us on to the next level. So the recent trouble that we'd had. Um, under the previous regime didn't put you off in any way? Uh, I did a lot of research. I'd obviously seen what had happened through through the media and through a, a number of uh, friends that are uh, Orient fans. Uh, I didn't realise how many friends I had that were <laughs> Orient fans until uh, until then. They, they sort of uh, they come out of the woodwork. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely everywhere. Uh, <laughs> and uh, almost literally my next door neighbour was, and I didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah, there, there were things that I sort of looked at, and, you know, but within literally minutes of meeting Nigel and, and Kent, it was absolutely obvious that they had the, the club's best Speaking about kind of priorities when you got to the club in terms of short, long-term medium, what was when you arrived at the club? What what did you set out to do? What did you think this has to be my number one priority to get sorted? Yeah, there was stuff in the background and obviously a lot of thinking time. Uh, I met with Nigel when I, you know, I was joining in, in uh, management board calls, uh, certainly nearly every week uh, during that transition period uh, before I sort of officially joined last November. Uh, as I've said before, M- Marshall. Uh, cleared an awful lot of the of the mess that that was behind uh, and the marshal allowed me to certainly 90% of my time focus on the future rather than the past uh, and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for for marshal for doing that and marshal was you know, absolutely brilliant in providing that support in the early stages and still does now Obviously, he's got a n- number of businesses that he successfully runs but uh, that experience that he had of, of dealing with issues during that time and the experience he's had is you know, just one of the assets that I can call upon from the six strong board and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to have that it's obviously my first official CEO role and uh, yeah, learning every day uh, we've had some good successes but uh, it's now all about how we fine tune and make it even better for the next 12 months and beyond and the board seem really kind of united like you look at all the different personalities in there and they seem very entwined all along the same kind of wavelength and they seem very massively yeah and everyone brings their own unique 
It's, I think Nigel said it. Everyone compliments each other. We we, we have you know, we have good fun doing it. There's obviously times when serious decisions need to be made, and, and that, that's when that hat comes on. But everything we're doing, we're enjoying doing it. And that's the you know, six strong board, myself and Martin. Uh, you know, we, we have uh, management board meetings uh, every other week. Uh, once or so every month, we have a, a long, uh, almost one or two item agenda that allows us to focus on the, the big projects, so to speak. Uh, but it's, it's a fantastic uh, club and board to be part of. It's, it, it really is. The, the energy that Kent, Nigel and the rest of the board, you know, it's, it's, it's easy just to see the Kent and Nigel, the, the enthusiasm they have, but that comes from really all, all, all six, plus myself and Martin, everyone's pulling in the same direction. We all want the same thing ultimately. Uh, of course, for the success of the club in in the medium and long term and, uh, and the strategies for us to be able to get there, we believe... Uh, are in place. Uh, it's going to take time for us to uh, have everything that we want, but uh, we're, we're certainly trying to get those foundations even more firmly laid now so that we can move the club on to the next level again, on and off the pitch. That's quite a nice little link then into this season so far. So Kent was on two weeks ago and was absolutely delighted, I think, with the start we'd made. I guess you must be delighted as well. We could obviously come with yesterday a bit later on, but... As I said, if we, yeah, we've uh, yeah, lost one game in 14. Uh, if someone had said that when we uh, kick-started right at the start of the season at Salford, we, we probably would have bitten their arm off and gone back and bitten the other one. Uh, obviously, we'll get on to, to, to uh, yesterday, but I think it's important to sort of reflect on the 14 games rather than, you know, it was obviously disappointing yesterday to, to have lost, but it's... Uh, yeah, again, we would have been very pleased if someone had offered us that. Highlights of the season so far? Uh, probably personally, I think the Chesterfield. So I, I went over to uh, to Boston and New York uh, to Nigel to various meetings that we had and to see behind the scenes at another place, including uh, uh, the Red Sox and New England Patriots. So I was in a bar in uh, New York, obviously uh, late morning at a lemonade, and uh, when the goal hits the back of the net, there's all all the Premier League games on on the on the screens in there and there's there, there's me uh, with the streaming which I'm sure we'll get on to later with the, the test feed that we that we have uh, watching that and drink goes over everyone's looking at me like I'm a bit strange and uh, I sort of look around and they're all watching and it was Chelsea game Crystal Palace whatever it was and uh, yeah there's, there's me in the corner looking a bit strange but no, that was probably that was probably my highlight but there's been, there's been uh, fortunately a, a number of those where I've obviously been able to witness it first hand as well one, one of the things I think that you've sort of been charged with and taken quite a long, uh, quite a lot of control over is obviously the sponsorship. If you can put a sticker on it, a badge on it, if it moves, we're going to sponsor it. From uh, from your perspective so far, how successful has that been, and has that been at the level that you wanted it to be at, or is there still sort of work work to do on that? Yeah, it's never ended. Uh, as a club, we were reliant on uh, a couple of very loyal sponsors, and I'm pleased to say that they, they in the main, are, are with us, and we've now taken it on to another level. Uh, it took a while to get the commercial side of the team to where I wanted it. I've got that absolutely to the T of where I want it now. So Josh Stevens has joined us as a head of commercial, very experienced uh, guy, worked uh, in projects around the O2, uh, with Saracens and that was an absolutely exceptional approach to uh, sponsorship in terms of finding them and in terms of that delivery. Yeah, we, we've obviously done brilliantly in bringing in uh, the partners rather than the sponsors in, in Brea, Dream Team, uh, to name just two of the, obviously the headline ones. Uh, but we've also managed to grow the partnership and the packages, if you like, for the benefit of the club and for the, and for the partner and the sponsor. Uh, onto a level that we haven't really had as a club for for a number of years. Mm. 
there was an awful lot of work to do to, to get it to that stage. Uh, a huge amount of work and never underestimate how much of the time we spend uh, just prior to, to coming on tonight. Uh, yeah, about an hour and a half that we spend every every sort of Sunday, myself and Josh individually, and then we review on Monday to make sure sponsorship-wise, right here, this is what we've got to make sure we're delivering in the next few weeks. This is still uh, to be looked at. This is still to be looked at. Well, this we can do better. And we, we're both working around the clock to try and, take that income to the next level and most importantly the profitability that that generates uh, mm. to, to the bottom line of the, of the club uh, there's an awful lot to do but boy we've got a great story uh, and I think in the past we've been a little bit uh, certainly in recent years a bit uh, embarrassed of where, where we uh, ended up uh, but, you know, we make no apology of that and we almost yeah, our strap line of real football in the capital is uh, resonates with a number of our sponsors they want to join us on that journey uh, Dream Team and Brea are very pleased with where we are uh, with the agreement to date uh, we meet regularly to make sure that we're achieving and exceeding what they want to get out of it and uh, one of the things that Brea are doing for the next game on the Hartlepool which coincides with one of our football for a fiver game is there is a, a huge amount of in, in the hundreds of their employees coming down uh, into the East End so that they can feel part of the, the projects yeah. that Brayer are on and hopefully for the long term. Nice. And I'm confident that yeah. will be. And it's just it's just an example of just the, the, the effort that we go into and how, yeah, it's not just you know, Tim Brayer, who's obviously the, the, the managing director and owner of the company, but he's trying to get all of his staff and that they're, they're, they're embracing it as well. And that, that can only be a good thing for absolutely everyone. Amazing. That's great to hear. And obviously you've mentioned Josh, part of the team. But do you want to tell us who else is on the team just to give a bit of a kind of push and to show you how probably how big and how much work actually goes into the marketing yeah the so it's the marketing and commercial obviously in interlink so what yeah you know, we're realistic of where we are we've got almost one maybe one and a half uh, people in sort of every role uh who i've brought in very recently from uh, from stevenage absolutely phenomenal experience and uh, having seen his sort of uh, CV in front of me I was delighted when he applied so I knew of him in, in the sort of background from the success he'd had at Stevenage and he is all about the, the fan engagement as well as you know I've never worked with a marketeer uh, that is as switched on as that commercially and that's absolutely crit critical we get absolutely you know, every avenue and angle of it uh, and, and with Josh and Dave, they complement what we've already got there in terms of other elements of the team. But yeah, we're realistic of where we are. We've got pretty much one person doing uh, you know, four or five roles. That's the reality of, of, of lower level uh, football. Yeah. That's not just because of the, of the National League. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to do you know, three or four people's jobs. That's the reality of, of, of this. Uh, but what we're doing now is bringing in a number of, in, a number of interns. Uh, so we've got a partnership with the University College of Football Business that's based at Wembley. Uh, and that allows, uh, we've got two placements and potentially a couple more coming through. So they join us for a year, two or three days a week, and then heavier during the uh, sort of non-term time, if you like, for them to gain experience, which yeah. is as important for them as it is for us. And to assist us in, uh, in developing things to the next level. But it's great that we've got... Yeah, we've got a great combination of new people that have got fresh ideas uh, and have got some great experience from other sports as well as from football uh, so that complement massively uh, you know, the, a team that behind the scenes kept the club afloat. And, you know, Lindsay, yeah. Lucy, I couldn't name uh, absolutely everyone that's played a huge part. Mm. Elliot and Courtney, the, the list does go on and there's everyone in the academy, etc. is everyone you know, pulled together. And again, we're all uh, in it for the same reason. That's to see the success for the club. It's... Uh, yeah, we're lucky with the industry we work in and you can see the enthusiasm of absolutely everyone of what they've got and and, and, and everyone has that desire to Amazing. succeed.
Yeah, I've never seen a marketing team so big or in, in, in all the years that I've uh, and I've sort of never really dawned on me why. It's just we're, a, we're this little club that no one really wants to be involved with. So to hear you say that is yeah. actually really We've got some stuff to untap into <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, it sounds corny, but it's uh, it's only really the beginning of the starts of the strategies and tactics that uh, the team are delivering now to us to uh, attract the, the new breed of uh, diehard Orient fans. Cool. So when Kemp was on a couple of weeks ago, um, we put out to fellow fans to sort of put forward questions for him and there was a lot that came in uh, he felt were better answered by you um, from, from that perspective. And a very popular question that we had was from at Dave Willis, 1982. He said, is there any chance of not losing the academy kids? It's a vital part of any football club and the signal this sends out is all wrong. We need to keep this part of the club if we're going to regain league status. Yeah, the uh, academy. So I won't go into a huge amount of, of, of detail. It's something that we are closely reviewing, uh, senior members of, 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 the, of the club as well as uh, myself, Martin and the board, to make sure that we have an academy structure, a development structure, if you call it what you like, uh, that serves the club for the long term. We lose a huge amount of funding uh, from, from various sources, from the Premier League, uh, etc., from the league. Uh, We've lost that for this season and then we lose an even bigger chunk uh, for next season unless we are to uh, gain promotion. So it's something that we, you know, behind the scenes, are very much reviewing every single option that is available to us. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say at, at, at this moment. Nice one. And cheers to Dave Willis. I feel like we used to sit with a Dave Willis in the West End in the early 90s. So if it is you, Dave, get in contact and give us a DM because it would be good to see you again after 25 years. Uh, so also some questions uh, from the last uh, podcast we can. Uh, the PA system in the South Stand came up. I think it was too quiet. But now many people are saying it's probably what, a bit too loud. When that young boy was rapping in the halftime thing and he was talking into the mic, it boomed through our ears. I don't think you're going to please all the people all the time. But <laughs> no, it's yesterday. Someone saying it was uh, perfect sound. Someone saying it was too loud. I, it, it feels tinny to me uh, in the in the QTW South Stand. Uh, Tommy Johnson South Stand should add as well. Uh, and it is. I, I do wanders around halftime uh, to obviously you know. Uh, assess everything and give people a chance to sort of speak to speak to myself and, and others that are walking around it's it's something that we had made an improvement uh, just uh, when Marshall was there and it's something that probably we need to, to re-look at the cost of replacing all of the sound system within the stadium is you know, the, the equivalent of going to buy a new striker not that we need one uh, but it is, <laughs> it, it's an expensive uh, cost but it is something that we'll continue to look at and getting that sound level right is yeah. a difficult one ultimately we want to have clear concise messages uh, but we don't, we don't want to be bursting people's eardrums no I think it was right when um the PA Phil was was talking. I think it was yep. just maybe that kid was just shouting into the microphone. Maybe I don't it know. was. Yeah, I mean, I it was. Uh, there was there was some comments yesterday. I mean, that that was uh, perhaps could have been better explained about what that was about yesterday. But it was basically uh, linked to you know celebrating an absolute legend legend in yeah. uh, in Mister Cunningham. Yeah. I think it was his niece over yesterday. But, yes. uh, on a side note, his uh, his family are obviously very proud of what of what was achieved, and uh, yeah, it was that. Uh, the, the young lady was over yesterday, and uh, yeah, we probably could have better explained what was happening yesterday. But it was a uh, yeah, it was great that the community had realised uh, the, the influence that he'd had locally, nationally, and internationally, uh, yeah, which massively, was good. Massively, yeah, we met her, and I think she's going to come on the podcast. Fantastic, so for a quick yeah. interview. We met her yesterday. She's a lovely, lovely lady. So obviously on one five two as well. 
Uh, we were asked uh, if there'd be a smoking area in the ground. You answered this on Twitter and said no, but it might be good just to give a bit of an explanation. Yeah, just to give that. a bit more background yeah. to that. So I appreciate there are there are times when uh, a smoker's, uh, especially watching Orient perhaps, <laughs> uh, <laughs> need to have that, that release, uh, so to speak. Uh, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a smoker myself, but I, I get that people might want to do that. The reality is if we allow people to go out of an area of the ground, we've then got an additional stewarding costs. You've, the, you know... You, you clearly then wouldn't want people that are just casually walking past the ground to be able to get in because that's not a good message. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's a no. Um, we'll just have to keep hopefully getting results so that the, the need is, uh, is less required. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, safe standing, your views on that? Uh, it'll be interesting what happens over the next, obviously, with Shrewsbury we're doing with what they're planning. Uh, it'll be interesting where that goes. Uh, it, it, I think it's one of those that it's probably going to need a couple of clubs uh, once sort of permission is given to, to take it to there. I think it would be add to the atmosphere, but there's just as many people that are quite happy with what we've got. The reality is there was an awful lot of money spent by Barry and his reign in terms of yeah. the, the four stands. It would almost, you know, the last thing you'd want to be is uh, undoing that investment, but it's something that... Uh, as and when we'll, we'll potentially discuss as a board, but at the moment I don't think it's anywhere near the top of a list uh, to try and do. Yeah, and obviously uh, when Kent was last on, we talked about the kit supplier, so Kent obviously confirmed that the contract with Mike currently runs out in the summer. So any any progress and you can share on that one? Yeah, we've gone through, uh, or going through, a full uh, tender process. Uh, we've got a bit of time, on our, or more than a bit of time on our side, and we deliberately have done that so that we can pick from, pick yeah, the best partnership moving forward. Uh, we're very much involved, uh, just sport in that process, uh, and we we you know, basically wanted to see what what is best uh, in the market in terms of all sorts of options. Yeah, we want to provide uh, a retail range uh, that's as good as it can be, uh, and that could you know, just as easily be with with just sport. Uh, we want to take our retail on to the next level. Uh, we've invested, or rather just what we've invested into the online platform and our online retail sales uh, are about 40% up on where we were this time oh. last year. Uh, it's the it's the match day that we want to try and grow. Uh, we've seen, again, the last thing I want to do is re- recreate what the American sport clubs do, but boy, do they do in-game in, in and in-stadia uh, retail uh opportunities to purchase should we say damn sight better than uh, what we do in the UK the last thing we want is people running up and down selling scarves and what have you but we want to provide that opportunity for families especially in the uh, Baskin Robbins North Stand to be able to go and yeah, buy a scarf buy a hat because it's cold buy some hand warmers or whatever it is yeah, just yeah, that yeah. impulse yeah. purchase which again yeah, worth restressing all of that money goes back into uh, to funding the, the operations of the club I'm glad you mentioned match day it's probably been the bane of your life for the last two months but can't let catering not pass obviously no, we no. changed providers uh, I think for the Barnet game which was two weeks ago just gone um, seemed to be a lot more positive feedback I would say yeah the feedback's been brilliant I'll say again it sounds cheesy pardon the pun uh, no we've got cheese <laughs> <in our church. laughs> uh, I didn't no plan that one <laughs> no cheese bags <laughs> no get on to that one uh, so we were I won't get to too much detail but we were forced to change suppliers uh, they got it wrong uh, I, I bought them in because I've had some very good experience with them at Essex. So they're not personal. I think someone had said they were personal uh, contacts of mine. Uh, oh, we, so you read the forum then? I, I read every syllable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's, yeah, the, the reality is they got it wrong. I'm not going to say to a degree if they got it wrong. Everyone saw or tasted it for themselves, or in some cases didn't taste it. 
so we did a huge amount of due diligence this time around. So uh, British Event Catering, who we have bought in, uh, feels like they've been there for two years, not two games, which is a good thing. Uh, so I went in, in the virtue of, uh, of the job. It's obviously important for me to uh, do a lot of product testing. So I went to a number of their events, including one up in the, uh, up in the north. They're, they're, where they've made their name is in sort of event catering of, of festivals and the companies, uh, I think other brands are available, but they do them for Ford, so all of their staff, so that's their background. So sports stadium is not their background, so yeah, we were naturally nervous, but we did a huge amount of due diligence with them. A number of the board met with them as well. We couldn't get it, uh, and I couldn't get it wrong uh, uh, again. Uh, Food catering is a very sensitive one. When you're winning, it tastes all right. When you're when you're not winning, everything's not. But the, all the opinions and everything that people had said was was hundred percent valid. Uh, and it's probably worth, if if time allows, just to sort of get over some of the uh, the important points of why certain things have, have changed yeah. and why some things. So there's been questions. I think you may, you may get this. I don't want to jump the gun about the burgers. Yeah. Uh, so the reason that we're not offering burgers and for that matter chips is the ventilation in the unit is non-existent apart from in the. Uh, QTW Tommy Johnson uh, South Stand uh, and that is in the process literally from tomorrow being deep I say deep clean it sounds like it's not been done but if you saw the ventilation in there uh, it needs some upgrading uh, so that is taking place so I wouldn't say it'll be done for the next game but if we are at home in the FA Cup then it will certainly be done for then and that will allow us to offer those two products in that area and to actually offer chips wow. for, the, for the first time in there or certainly first time for a while wow. exclusive and then when, yeah, when we have some uh, some quotations coming in for ventless cooking which I didn't even know what that was until about three months ago now the resident <laughs> expert on yeah. it First degree, yeah. Uh, yeah so we're, we've met with a company that are a, should we say an industry leader here and in, over in the states and uh, we're looking at the cost effectiveness of this so we could have offered burgers in there by cooking it in the same way that you know should we say previous companies have done in there but these guys, British Event Catering, they're all about service, all about smile, but they're most importantly about quality of the, of the product and being able to serve that in a tight time frame. And offering burgers at this precise moment in time is not going to be able to tick those boxes. So uh, we'll be working very closely with those guys. Yeah, we, I had a 45-minute conversation with them today, uh, all very much productive and gathering that feedback. They're, they're watching the feedback as well uh, and say 95% of it is good and very encouraging. And it's probably worth stressing, uh, I can't say what it was on yesterday because it's too early to tell, but uh, from the sales we measure everything on a spend per head yeah. uh, and it was the highest I've known uh, in uh, certainly within the season uh, or near the season that I've done here but in the, in my time in sport that's the highest spend I, I've had I've been in sport 11 years now uh, that is really encouraging first game in uh, hopefully that was the same yesterday if not better and we've got a chance to grow that even further and again it's worth stressing again that money that, that, that we make as a profit from that goes straight into running, running the club so I really genuinely sincerely want to thank the fans that have gone out of the way to provide uh Originally, the negative feedback, yeah. uh, suggestions, advice, etc., etc. But most recently, in the last two games, uh, it's been a pleasure to be able to walk around, A, taste it, because obviously that's essential, uh, but B, gather that feedback and again answer some of the queries that we've had. But it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm delighted where we are two games in, and uh, I think come the end of the season, uh, yeah, the, the food options that we're offering are, are, are going to be well received and the beauty is that we can potentially add that bit more variety in certain areas of the ground to encourage people to come in early which yeah. is uh, one of the major things yeah. that we've got to work on. 
Yeah, I think from our, our experience yesterday, we were we're in the south stand and um, we joined the queue. It was sort of coming out the door um, there, and I, I have to say, it, it didn't take that long to get to the front to get served and then to get on. Yeah, the service so it was, was a good. Better, much better experience this time. Yeah, um, than last time. So thank you for that's, that. That's you can you can take a breather. Yep. So yep. some great yep. insight there, for Danny. Danny's here all night, ladies and gents. So still lots to answer. He's not getting out of that easily. Um, so as always, supporters club updates are two trips to tell you about. So firstly, coaches to Eastley on Tuesday the 30th of October leave the supporters club at 3.30 for a 7.45 kickoff with prices for this one at £23 for adults and £20 for concessions. And then secondly, on the following Saturday, which is the 3rd of November, we travel to AFC Fylde and coaches leave at 8am. So that's early doors for this. There's a 3pm kickoff and fares are £34 for adults and £31 for concessions. A few points to note that children 15 and under can travel half price. Uh, there's a £3 surcharge to non-members and the under 15s must be accompanied by an adult. And please remember that these prices do not include your match day ticket. So come on, get your tickets beforehand or have enough money to get it in. It still surprises me we have to say that. I know, but I'm sure it happens more often than not. And you can book for these on match days uh, in the supporters club or by calling the travel line on 07722 Seven zero. So, Lake Orient Trust update as always. So nothing much happened uh, this week with the players, but next week on Wednesday, so this will be the third of October, we look forward to welcoming Show Racism the Red Card to the Bray Group Stadium for their annual school workshop. Pupils from Snaresbrook and Newport Primary School will be in attendance and will be hosted by XO's favourite and a friend of the show, yes. Scott McLeish, uh, alongside panel members George Ellicobi and James Brophy. So if you're a new listener, we interviewed Scott about three years ago, maybe four, four years ago. Well, first, he was one of the first ones at the M25 services. Glamour of. <laughs> this is how glamorous our lives have been. Honestly, it was, wasn't it? South Moon, that yeah, was it? Yeah, very early on. So if you haven't listened to that one. Such a nice guy. Go and find it on our uh, iTunes or SoundCloud. Yeah, he's a fantastic gent. And on Thursday, Coping Through Football will be holding our annual celebration tournament in recognition of World Mental Health Day with Martin Ling on hand to present awards. Yeah, on Friday is the official opening of the new Ive Farm Sports Centre. So staff and players from both the club and the trust will be present. And me. Yeah. And you, yeah, <laughs> lovely. That sounds good. Sounds good, that one. The Walking Football uh, Club are holding their uh, inaugural quiz night on Sunday, the 7th of October. So next mm. Sunday in the Supporters Club. And if you'd like more details, please see their LOFC Walking Football Facebook page. Yeah, and one uh, one to get excited about, really, because it sells out so quickly, is a stadium yeah. tour. That's going to be happening on Wednesday, October the 24th, starting at half past one. To book your place, contact Josh uh, via email. That's commercial at net for more details. You better get in quick on that, I have to say, because that goes, that's that just done real quick. Yeah, um, there's always a nice surprise. surprise. Always a surprise at the end of that. Someone yep. always ends up. There's always in. someone in the dressing room or someone hanging around, lurking around somewhere to have a chat with everyone. Very good. And then I guess from your perspective, you must be delighted with the amount of the trust gets out into the community because they can bring young fans in or young families or couples in. Yeah, was, and we have a chance to kind of get them. The work that Neil, Louise, Howard do is I was like, no, incredible. Everyone else is commenting <laughs> rightly so about how how much the the effort that they put in. The link between the club and the trust is absolutely. It's so healthy. Uh, you know, every week we're meeting with, with Neil and daily with Howard, uh, and it, it just works. Uh, there's an awful lot that we want to do uh, as we sort of grow that message, and uh, I'll, I'll perhaps get to that moment in terms of how we're engaging with residents uh, locally. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really healthy, and it's yeah, it's something that we can grow on. Yeah, yeah, as we saw yesterday. 
Yep, so moving on then to any other business, as part of Errol's as part of the launch of Errol's new charity, we're holding a quiz night, uh, or there will be a quiz night, at the Supporters Club on Sunday the 9th of December. So this is another date for your diary. All the money raised is being donated to the Errol McKellar Foundation, which is being set up to continue the spreading awareness of issues relating to prostate cancer and encourage men to get tested. Tickets are priced at £10 a person. They include sandwiches and with a maximum group of eight in each team. There will also be a raffle, an auction and some very special guests joining uh, on the evening. I hear through the grapevine that there might be a table made up by some of the players. So I think that's an additional incentive uh, possibly for people to get signed up. Tickets are already selling fast. So to reserve and confirm your team, please contact Lee Deering in the Supporters Club on Facebook or by email lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk. So we mentioned it last week, but the challenge culture by O's chairman Nigel Travis is finally here. So Big Nigel (laughs) writes about his career at large and successful organisations and talks about how the best way for organisations to succeed in today's environment is to embrace challenge and encourage pushback. He also covers the world's video quick service restaurants and the purchase of our mighty O's peppered with many humorous events that have occurred throughout his career so you can buy the book today at amazon.co.uk or at your favourite local bookshop and that's The Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis Danny surely you've read this you book read it? I was lucky to read before uh, the sort of the, the original copies before it sort of went to print and uh, yeah lucky, 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 lucky <laughs> me yeah. I know, all joke apart it's apps, it is absolute phenomenal read so I've read it for the second time and sort of when you, you take different angles on it and well, again, it sounds cheesy, but boy, we're lucky to have that man as a chairman. He literally, the experience he's had, the lessons he's he's able to give, mm. and the way that he delivers that message, you know, he's absolutely phenomenal. And even if you're not in business, I think it's it's, it's yeah, I'm not trying to plug it for for, for <laughs> Nigel. It doesn't need it, but it is it is an absolutely great read as for for an Orient fan for pretty much anyone. It is an absolutely fantastic read and uh, an, an inspiration. And my wife uh, Claire's even reading it, and she's uh, no, she's teaching us and not from the. The business world, but she's even finding it sure of interest. She can adapt so we've got one on world. one side of the bed, one on the other. So <laughs> I, I, I finished mine, she's sort of halfway through it, but that's good. Awesome. Brilliant. Um, so as we record in episode 153 uh, on the evening of Sunday the 23rd of September, so that's last Sunday, Dean Brill, Joby McEnough and Charlie Lee, they were all named in the National League's Team of the Week and Justin Edinburgh was named top boss following the win over Harrogate. So well done to uh, to those guys. Yeah, fantastic match, obviously, talking about Harrogate. So moving on into the week that was, so course of Monday the 24th of September, the under-18s were drawn at home to Romford in the FA Youth Cup second qualifying round which is to be played this Tuesday, the 2nd of October, with a 7pm kickoff. So if you can, get yourself down there and support our young O's in action. Yep, to Huey Tuesday, the 25th of September. Congratulations to Marvin Ekpeteta and Josh Caroma. They were called up to the England Sea Squad for the game against Estonia under-23s, which is being held at the home of football, the Bray Group Stadium, on the 10th of October. Additionally, Miles Judd has been named in the contingency squad, so well done to you three. Yeah, I mean, that must be great for the club to have England Sea come and play at the Bray Group Stadium. I guess it shows off the capabilities of the ground, and if that goes well, I guess it broadens... The aspect of having more events there. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really good. I mean, we're, we're hoping 1,500, 2,000 fans. So, but yeah, we're hoping we're going to appeal just obviously not just to Orient fans, but other London clubs that have got representatives or not got representatives down to come to the Briar Group Stadium. I think it'll be a, it'll be a good evening and, mm. uh, like you say, a, a great uh, showcase of uh, what we can do at the stadium. 
Yeah. So in the evening, it was time to go to Braintree away. So the team was announced. Dean Brewer goal. Well, it's just, just a standard team, isn't it? Judd, right back, Ekpatesta Colson, centre backs, Woodhouse, and left back in the midfield. Dayton, Lee, Clay, Mackenough with Karoma and Bond up front. And on the bench, we had uh, Sam Sargent, Danny Happy, uh, Dal Gorman, James Brophy, and James Allaby. Yeah, so Justin names the same starting 11 for the ninth consecutive game with only one change on the bench as James Brophy comes in following his injury in place of Matt Harold. Your views? Yeah, for me, no surprises there. Great to see Brophy uh, back in the squad. I think Harold probably felt a bit disappointed uh, to be taken out, but competition for places, you know. That's it. That's what Absolutely. It is. It's about that game as well. So if Matt Harold, if Justin thought that Harold would have been a better option for him on the bench over Brophy, then that would have been the way. And I said it ages ago, and I'll say it again, naming the same team week in, week out, for me is a really good thing. Consistency, getting to know each other's games. We saw it in Russell's success, well, you know, that, that season, 13, 14 season, using the minimal amount of players in a, in a season from what I can see, more often than not gets you more success than using a massive amount of, of, of turnover of players. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we had a few tweets that came in post that, but I Heart Rushmore said, feel for Harold as a, uh, a bit as he has played well when he's come on, but I bet a number of football league teams would give a lot to have a bench that strong. Tonight could be a banana skin, but I really believe this team has enough to drive, has enough drive, sorry, to get the job done. Yep, so the match kicks off with Yo's debut in their pink third strip and looking to make it 13 unbeaten at the top of the table, 23rd place Braintree in a packed stadium full of Rose fans who were getting into the ground in any stands that they could in Crescent yeah. Road. I guess we were both right there, but you were. Lots of Rose fans in attendance. It was, not like hunger, it, it was certainly, yeah, it felt a hunger for me because I live not far away from the ground, yeah. uh, a couple of miles away. Uh, yeah, they, they were, I think they were getting into every nook and cranny they yeah. possibly could. Uh, yeah. But the support was simply astounding. It was, uh, it was it was certainly a lot more than what the official figure was. Really. 100% agree. Can I just say, though, the funniest thing was, someone said uh, uh, on Twitter, oh, don't worry, we'll just go in the home end. And then their media guy tweeted saying, any Orient fans found in the home end will get thrown out. And then we turned up with like nearly 2,000 people, like all steaming in. All, like, yeah, good luck with that one, because I don't think the guy actually realised like how many Orient yeah. fans were going to turn up. Yeah, there was an awful, uh, was an unbelievable amount. I had, had some meetings around sort of Champs Place. I uh, was, went, went past the ground sort of mid-afternoon, and there was a group of fans walking. This was just about half past three. Uh, walking towards it, and I'm just doing a clock check, thinking four <laughs> hours till kickoff. It's like <laughs> it's not the most salubrious of areas around there. So it's not the sort of place you sort of hang around for hours and hours. But it was uh, no credit to, to the amount of fans that came out. Yeah, it's brilliant. So Braintree got the match going and had an attempt on goal in the third minute, but it went wide, and we responded a minute later through Dayton, but his shot was weak. Yeah, we were given a penalty in the seventh minute as a long ball from Dean Brill found Josh Caroma, who was brought down in the box uh, just as he went to shoot. I think his shooting leg or his standing leg was taken Safe away. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, upstep McCauley Bond, uh, who struck a very good penalty, low and hard uh, to his left, just past the keeper to put the O's one up. Uh, for me, great penalty. Keeper went the right way, but you're never saving those. I guess that was a very loud roar. Yeah, quite moment. a delay as well in between it being awarded and uh, being able to take it and being able to keep it sums up McCauley doesn't he can call calm and collect yeah. every single moment mm. yeah. well slotted away even keep went the right way as well yeah. but yeah, there, was, there was no getting that no brilliant dream start yeah George Sessions tweeted in the 11th minute a nervy moment for the O's Lyle Della Verde has an effort from outside the area Danny Rowe runs across it and Dean uh, and Dean Brewer can only spill wide for a corner it comes in 
But yeah, he's clear. Yeah, Georgian also noted that since going behind Braintree, haven't sat back and we're really trying to get an equaliser. And we tried to get the lead extended and had a couple of chances. A notable one was in the 22nd minute as Bond tried his luck with an effort that went wide. But disaster struck just a minute later as Braintree got the equaliser as XO Michael Clark took the ball forward, tackled and pilled for the penalty. The play went on, the ball somehow rolled out to Lyle Della Verde, who managed to shoot past Dean Brill from a crowded box and suddenly being cruising at one nil, yeah. one all, game on. I do think I saw that come up and I thought, oh my god, what's going on here? Are we going to be ten? Is this going to be our banana skin? And when you look back at that goal, and there's like four or five Orient players just seem to be sort of confused about what's actually going on, um, which they didn't stop and they carried on. And credit to them, they equalised. Yeah, they seemed to be galvanised. George yeah. tweeted that he seemed a bit uh, that we seemed a bit rattled. They had attempts in the thirty first and thirty second minute, and McCauley Bond was booked for a foul in the 35th minute. But having soaked up the pressure, we retook the lead in the 40th minute as Charlie Lee launched a huge throw into the box. The ball came to Macaulay Bond, whose effort was saved, uh, well saved by the, the legs of Killip in the Braintree goal, but the ball came out to Big Marv, who was there to fire in the rebound from close range and bag his third goal of the season. That is a great finish by Marv. Struck it perfectly yeah. into the ground. No chance for the keeper. He's got a bit of a hidden talent as this central defender yeah. for scoring. If we ever get <laughs> short up top with Marv up there. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, great find by Steve Foster and obviously going 2-1 up. Great finish uh, from Big Muff and the rest of the half has played out, including two additional minutes and the O's going at the break, leading 2-1. They absolutely do. At Gorillas 1985 said, Orient not playing well but still winning at half-time. Sloppy goal to let in and a few mistakes from a few players. Expect better but a good team is when they win and play badly. Yeah, Janine Adelman also tweeted us at half-time said, a bit of a muted atmosphere here. No roof doesn't help but it's doing a job. Oh, and hashtag real men wear pink. Great so that, hashtag. I thought that pink kit's grown on me a little bit. I wasn't sure when I first saw it. I like it. The more it. I see it's, it's the more I like popular. it. It's proven uh, like popular. It's, it. it's a little bit like Marmite, I guess, but yeah. uh, there's, there's certainly more people liking it than not. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's proving they're very popular. I've seen yeah. lots of people wearing it. Yeah. I'm actually, I noticed that against the Barnet game, especially two weeks ago. And yesterday, yeah, it might, lots it, of people. Now we've won in it and won comfortably in it, it will, get, it will certainly get another area. Slight tangent question, putting you on the spot a bit, but something that's just come into my head. In terms of the sales of shirts, would you know if the home obviously the home shirts the highest selling shirt yeah uh, by about three to one uh, shirt sales this year are as strong uh, as we've had in in mm-hmm. recent years uh, they are proving you know as popular as they they, they they always have been if not even stronger and okay. uh, that, that yeah bear in mind we've got three and I'm sure we'll get to it the fourth kit yeah uh, which we can perhaps uh, Give you give you a little bit of a snippet on. Oh, uh, it's like an exclusive. Uh, not to, don't overplay it, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Obviously, those sandals get split slightly in terms of those, but it's yeah. We've got obviously three very different uh, colours. So. so is the pink one second most popular? Do you think? Uh, it's probably that, and the yellow are probably level level oh, pegging. Okay. The fact that we've now played a game in the pink yeah. that sort of was picked up in the last Themselves. week. You yeah. can you can again if we if we'd lost in that, that probably would have been them all. Uh, but, it's, uh, <laughs> but no, we didn't. So. So Fine. the attendance was announced, I guess we already covered it, but officially 2,574 and officially 1,334. Which is wrong because we'd, we'd already sold 1,300 tickets before the game started and another 300 went on the on the actual night to actually well, they, tickets they in the They reduced, uh, on police advice, the number of away tickets that were available on the gate, so that number was considerably less than 300 uh, that okay. was available, yeah, considerably right, okay. less. Uh, so that, yeah, that was advised sort of mid-afternoon. Uh, and then obviously but it can't be 34. 
Because we, uh, we'd already sold 1,300 Yeah, out. it wasn't much. Uh, well, I reckon that's about right. Yeah? Yeah, it was oh, uh, okay. on police advice, and yeah, clearly we're not going to argue with that, and uh, we work very closely with our uh, sort of police liaison uh, officer, and mm. uh, yeah, obviously we did what we were we were told yeah, to. fair enough. So another great turnout for the Travelling O's fence, and no changes for the O's as the team came out uh, for the second half. We're just three minutes in, and Braintree got a free kick that they pumped into our box, but Coulson headed out for a corner. Big Josh, big forehead. <laughs> Absolutely, but the game was put beyond Braintree in the 57th minute. Following a superb finish by Josh Caroma, Charlie Lee with the assist as it was his long ball that played Josh in and he lobbed Ben Killip from 25 yards. And for me, for me, that'll be a contender for no, the season. Never. Not for me. Keep up, from 25 yards from no. over 25 yards out. No. Are you choking? Good finish. He could have ruined it. separate that. an argument. It was a good goal. It was a good, good, good goal. goal. I already think Dayton's goal was better than that. I already think McEnough's hit two better than that. I didn't say it's going to be goal of the season. I said it's a contender. Um, it will possibly, be in the list. Possibly. I think great finish by Josh, take nothing away. But if the keeper stays on his line, Josh has got a much harder job. So don't take anything away he from Josh. He wouldn't be shooting from there if the keeper was on his line. Very cool finish. Very reminiscent of a David Mooney. Oh, yeah, David Mooney, yeah. yeah. And great to see Josh again having a so great season. To get it up and over in this you know, billion of a second, second time frame yeah. he had for a. Yeah. From a skill and effort perspective, that's yeah. why it would be a contender. Yeah. It might not win it. I'd love to see an Astro. The fact that we can start <laughs> talking about goals of the season already, yeah, and, a, and you're mentioning two or three others in addition to this. Great finish, well played, young Josh. George Sessions noted in the 63rd minute. Brian absolutely dominating Braintree now. They're quicker to every ball and forcing the host into plenty of mistakes. And he also said, a false coming. So Mystic George uh, is back in business here because uh, a minute later we extended our lead as another long throw from Charlie Lee caused problems and the ball was flicked on by Josh Coulson for Macaulay Bond at the far post who finished Cooley for his second goal of the game to make it 4-1. Great finish, Macca. He just knows where the ball's going to go, doesn't he? It's just got a bit of Lisby. Lisby's about him. Lisby always knew where the ball was going. Goes to the back post there. Good finish. Uh, Charlie Lee's throwing. Did we know about this? Where's that come from? Did we know about this? No. And he's contributed two goals with that throw. I didn't, I've not seen that throw before, so well played. Charlie it's Lee. A good, it's a good asset. Uh, obviously, Sam Ling sort of got it. Got it as well. Uh, yeah. Got it as well. Yeah. So to have two weapons of that, of that yeah. in there. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, was, was following Gillingham before... Uh, when I had some time on my hand before uh, taking on the, this role, and uh, yeah, saw Charlie Lee do that a number of times, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it, it will earn you a few goals over a season. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Dale Gorman replaced Craig Clay in the sixty-fifth minute. Yeah, in the sixty-eighth minute, Braintree go close as uh, Della Verde's corner causes problems, and Lou tries to force the ball in, but a number of those players keep the ball out on the line to clear the danger. As if the game wasn't already beyond Braintree, uh, Macaulay Bond bagged his hat trick. The match ball and his ninth goal of the season in the 70th minute as he picked up the ball inside the Braintree half, ran at Niskins, got into the area and took a shot from just inside the area that was deflected past Killip to put the icing on the O's cake. I couldn't believe it, so I went onto the tube at one all. Came out of the tube half hour late, it was 5-1. <laughs> what is going on? It's amazing. But you know, when I get in for you, going in, Bond deservedly yep. gets a hat-trick and his ninth goal of the season. So if we are drawing that... Home in the sort of next game. Just keep me off. Get me out and get straight up to late and tube. In the seventy-first minute, Charlie Lee uh, was replaced by James Brophy. So good to see Brophy get twenty minutes. Obviously, following his injury, but five-one games done and dusted, pretty much. Yep, seventy-six minute, James Alabi comes on for James Dayton. Yeah, and nothing really happened. Note during the next fifteen minutes, and four minutes of added time were played out, and the full-time whistle goes as the match ends five-one to the Orient, with the team setting a new record. 
for the longest unbeaten start in the club's 137-year history. I don't think any of us saw that record coming no. uh, at the beginning of the season. A fantastic achievement by everyone um, at the club, not just the players, but obviously you know the board as well, fan base, everyone. I'm surprised that Amazing. we didn't make more of that, like as a hashtag or history in the making. Oh, it's one of those things you, yeah, you, you don't, don't want to put a yes. on it, do you? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, and it's uh, going in terms of that start, I think the, the pre-season tour to Portugal uh, was an absolute... Yeah, great thing to have done, and mm. now yeah, hopefully it'll probably be a model we use going forward, perhaps. And uh, that team togetherness, you, you can't you can't buy that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, having most of the same squad at the end of last season, you know, in, under Justin's reign, has, has really helped. And uh, but I think Portugal was a sort of a key element of that, of bringing everyone together. Uh, Kent was over there, Martin was over there, and yeah, that that, that bonding, you, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. So Justin Edinburgh, after the games, and sometimes records get forgotten about, but this one I will always remember. People will always talk about it, and if we can go on to do something then even better, we're in a really good place right now. It's a nice feeling, especially when it's done in front of so many fantastic away fans. They were brilliant. Yeah, I think this was a statement of intent. We knew Braintree had nothing to lose, but this was a real banana skin. It was a cup-tie football in a lot of ways, so to score five and break a record, it's brilliant. We were very professional, and the players were a credit to the club. Yeah, so that win means that the O's stay first in the National League. Numero uno, number one, King of the Castle. So we have now played 13, 1-8, drawn five, lost zero, 29 points, and a goal difference already of plus 18, which is fantastic. Uh, currently, as it stood then, the O's were two points clear, ahead of Salford in second place. So your views on that match, Mr Lee? Yeah, there was a lot of nervousness about this game prior to kick-off, but any fears were soon laid to rest when we took the lead. And despite the setback of Braintree equalising, we ploughed on and kept to our game plan. Well done, Macaulay Bond, for your hat-trick. And Big Marv, who has put in some magnificent displays recently. I wouldn't be surprised if a top League One or decent championship side are keeping an eye on him already. I could sit here and give a special mention to every player, but we don't have time. So well done to every Orient player. And I guess the management team uh, go, go in with that as well. For me, this is the most significant period in very recent history because, as we all know, this league isn't easy, but we are making it look easy. We had the stability we craved when we didn't have it, and a fan base that all seem united for once, for one cause, and that's getting back into the football oh, league. I like it. For me, yeah, potential banana skin handled with ease. Uh, if we're going to go up this season, it's games like that we have to go and win. Can't afford to draw those ones, and we, <coughs> we won it very convincingly. Again, Bond, 9-13, is a ridiculous record. Uh, fantastic, uh, and a great start to the season. Just rewards for a player, I think, in Bond, who never gives up. And mm. kudos to the Travelling O's fans. I mean, yeah, fair play. a local game, but to take as many as what we did, and then going in home ends, away ends, whatever ends they could get themselves in. And we've packed out an away ground on a Tuesday night, which not many people really want to get up and go and watch non-league football on a Tuesday night, but it's the fact that we took and packed out an away ground. Incredible. Yeah, yeah so finally wrapped out for my views, Justin Edinburgh and his management team take a bow, chaps. What an amazing job yeah. they are doing. Amazing. Yeah, some players tweeted after the game. James underscore Brophy 94 said, What a feeling to be back out there again. Helps when the boys are on absolute flames to hide the old rustiness. Miles Judd 99 tweeted, said another three points. And what a way to make the history books. Now on to Saturday. So you can tweet and you can type. So maybe not as dumb as what he's yeah. made out to be. I don't get why he keeps <laughs> tweeting how many people have followed and unfollowed him and all the rest of it. That's Is that some automatic program? Yeah. Yeah. Turn it off, mate. It's boring. <laughs> Unders- uh, big underscore Marv. What a night. Buzzing to get another goal and to be part of the longest unbeaten start in the club's history. Fine, so those were our views. No, Danny, anything to add? 
of in, enjoyable uh, night out and I was home within 10 minutes so perfect it was a strange game personally as I say I grew up as a, as a Branch Town fan with uh, sort of being your local club so it was very strange but I was delighted with the uh, uh, the victory uh, it'd be good at the end of the season to repeat that score and uh, yeah. and that, you know, we're, we're the, that that result takes us somewhere uh, but yeah it was a, a very pleasing uh Result in the end, I think there was times in the game when we, we we weren't playing at our full potential. But second half, it was uh, it was it was two different teams out there, and you could tell which, which team was top and which team was yeah. at the time first and bottom. Brilliant. So, as with our view, so your views in. There's always a huge amount of feedback after this match. Thank you for everyone uh, who tweeted us into our social media accounts. And again, we try and read as many as possible out. Just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. So we start with at Big Ads LOFC, who says supporting Orient is like a relationship I've loved. This club through thick and thin, and there's been times it's given me the proper hump, but my love for the club has never been in doubt. I love you, Orient. Ben LOSC said, walking the baby up and down the street to get her off to sleep in Tenerife. The bar next door just started blaring out, rocking all over the world. No joke, what are the chances? Amazing, nice. I hope you had a lovely holiday at Jags in 1979. As I told you, the talking was coming, we've steamed into Braintree and melted the iron. <laughs> Very good, Very 13 good. games unbeaten and top of the league. Can't believe you nicked my Orient Express line as well. Sorry about that, but if we see something that's good, we'll use it. Thanks very much. Uh, Dean Sam Boast1 said, This game had the potential to be a right pain. Not only did we win, we have annihilated them. Tough game Saturday, but confidence is sky high. And in big capital letters, we are top of the league. And in Golic says, Braintree may be bottom, but let's not forget you still have to go out and beat what's in front of you. After a slightly rocky period in the first half, at one all, we simply destroyed them. A magnificent win. Congrats to Mac on his hat-trick and roll on Saturday. Yeah, Jamie Stripe tweeted saying, a game where this time last year we could have lost. The goal is to string together a run of six, uh, sorry, of seven or eight wins on the bounce to get clear of the pack. Not easy, but it's what we need to aim at. Dax Dewey says, wow, just brilliant. Our last five games, we've now scored 15 and only conceded three. That's a ridiculous record. Keep it up, please. Yeah, and Tobias Lamptey said, I know it's early, but the seat... I know it's early in the season and I know there's a long way to go, but Leighton Orient fans should enjoy this. We've put up with a lot over the last few years, so no harm in believing we could go on to something this season. Let's keep going. Up the O's. Hello, FC 1978. It says, feet firmly on the ground, but God, that was enjoyable. Judd, Bon, Ekpateta, all brilliant. Karoma and Joby, also class. That pink kit, though, is awful. <laughs> Worst I've ever seen. Wow. Back to the football and Salford do worry me. Enjoying it, though, while it lasts. Daniel underscore D44 said 5-1 and we didn't play that well. Can't wait to see what happens when LOFC really clicked. And quite a few people said that, that went uh, there. So we didn't really play all that well, um, but we ended up, yeah, the scoreline possibly flattered us a little bit, but so we stepped up a gear. Sounds of a good team. Yeah, Pandemonium 1881. So it's not the greatest of performances. First half, we seem to lack a little cohesion. And we're not as fluid as in the other games. Second half was better, but again, not as our best. We were clinical and ended with three points. Five goals and plus four goal difference. Can't ask for more. Yeah, Lou Bear 84 said, if Carlsberg did Tuesdays, 5-1 win, Bon hat-trick, three points, 13 unbeaten, 2,000 Orient fans, top of the league. Bring on Saturday. Sutton, you're next. Uh, Essex Biz says, no way was there 1,300 fans, more 18 to 1,900. Great performance and game management. Could have easily been seven or eight. Congrats to Macca on a great hat-trick and a big game on Saturday versus Sutton with Salford winning again. Willow Gaffer said, fantastic result and dread to think what it could have been if we'd played above second gear. Team is on fire and wasn't complacent, even in injury time when just 
when Justin Edinburgh sorry, was rollicking Karoma for giving the ball away. Long may this continue. I love that. 5-1. <laughs> and he's still giving away, it. Yeah. Justin's giving it. Brilliant. Yeah. And the final word on Braintree goes to Bradley Ackers, 95. This is two years ago. We just sacked our seventh manager under the old owner in a season we would be relegated. Now we're top of the league with a stable owner, a great manager and a team that's just beat a club record for most games unbeaten. How times have changed. What a good tweet to end on. Great tweet to end on. Um, so prediction league. So really well done to D double underscore feds who predicted 5-1 and one goal scorer. So you got four points. But super well done to Matty LOFC Evans who predicted 5-1 and three of the goal scorers. Um, so he gets six points. And I'd do the National Lottery this week if I was you, mate, if you can do that that well. Yeah, and a full prediction league table roundup will follow after the Sutton match. So moving on into Wednesday, the 26th of September. So everyone was still buzzing from the night before. We were delighted to be tagged in the following statistical tweet from at playmaker underscore EN, who tweeted by saying, mostly goals in 2018-19 in the top five tiers. Uh, 27 from Leighton Orient, followed by Peterborough and Harry on 24 Salford on 23, West Brom on 22, and Colchester and Solihull on 20. And also noted that it was the best ever start to a league campaign, as in 13 unbeaten. And that tweet also highlighted that McCauley Bond has scored more league goals, uh, which is on nine, than any other top five tier player this season, following his hat-trick against Braintree. So McCauley Bond must be delighted with the progress he's making, Kent has said. I think it's 10 million and he'll chuck his wife in. Surely it's 15 million now and he'll chuck his whole family in. <laughs> I bet his wife is actually his wife. I bet she's over the moon and when she hears she's this... She's such a lovely lady. He's in, he's in so much trouble. He probably skips past this. Yeah, miss this bit. Miss this bit. Coughs over it. Yeah, yeah. No, you didn't need to hear that. Um, in the early evening, Macaulay Bond was named in the National League's Team of the Day following his performance against Braintree. Marvin Ekpateta was named on that bench. Yeah, Justin Edinburgh was also named as Manager of the Day with the National League tweeting by saying, as O's fans exited Crescent Road last night, many would have been muttering we would have lost that last year and there's no doubt about it. Braintree have been a graveyard for big clubs in seasons gone by, but Orient have made the stronger stuff this time and their 5-1 win sent out a message. So everyone uh, taken out and that was the official National League uh, Twitter um, saying that as well so making big big impacts there following that performance against Braintree yeah Thursday the 27th of December happy 20th birthday to Danny Dan Happy uh, well done we missed that I didn't have that in my diary so sorry we didn't tweet that yeah happy birthday Dan and the club also confirmed that they've now sold 3,980 season tickets and are only 20 tickets from reaching the magic target of 4,000 which is amazing it's astounding <laughs> well, we, are, we are getting very close to the magic 4,000 uh, we're going to get there I think through thanks to the, the massive loyalty of fans uh, I wouldn't like to put a time scale of when we get to 4,000 obviously we've chucked a load of incentives out there to try and do it but yeah if there's a if there's a, an Orient fan that's thinking oh I might, yeah, might, might really might not then yeah we'll, we'll urge them to do it we really want them that'll be a, a great story when we get to 4,000 we've got some exciting things planned including that fan that said they'll clean, clean all the all seats, the seats. Yeah. I hope so I might just buy 20 tickets just to... Just, just to see, yeah. We, we probably would save money on the cleaning bill by doing it. I should, <laughs> yeah, I should, I should just buy it myself. But it's, yeah, it will be... If we get there, it will be... And I think we will. Uh, it will be uh, phenomenal and yeah, it gives us a base to try and grow that on to, yeah, who knows, four and a half thousand next year. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's something That's to the aim, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a rumour 
that you have an email chain with Nigel and Kent committing themselves to doing stuff. Is that we, is there any truth in that? We discussed this on uh, Wednesday, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I think there was there was a couple that I said, but I, I obviously being a CEO, I can delete the email. Uh, <laughs> but, but obviously with. Uh, Kent's uh, experience with Microsoft, he can find the email. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, there were there were a few bits. Nothing as as wacky as uh, I think Matt Porter was on a classic wind up uh, of uh, some of the bits that were uh, were promised. But yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't anything that was uh, oh. going to land a newspaper headline. Oh, shame, brilliant. Shame. <laughs> Maybe we could redo that. And just doctor the emails or something, and doing something that's going to get media attention. So Moody Friday, the twenty eighth of September. Speaking of Moody Friday in the evening, Royston Town, managed by. XO Steve Castle announced that they had signed it is. David Mooney. Yeah. So good luck to David Mooney uh, yeah. at this stage of his career. Good signing. Good signing. Phenomenal signing. Saturday, the 29th of September, then youth team result. The under 18s were in action against Gillingham. Uh, sadly, they lost 4 1 with five under 16s starting for them. So, no great shame there no, by any stretch. And the under 16s were also in action against Gillingham, losing 4 2. So, unlucky to the young O's. Good experience to be playing a a team's academy to above us. So, absolutely. Um, absolutely. All good experience and character building. Absolutely. It's time for the main event then, as Sutton United came to the Bray Group Stadium and before the game we ran a Twitter poll asking you how you thought the O's would get on and after 203 votes in 24 hours you voted as follows. So 71% of the fans thought that Orient would win this with 17% saying it would draw with only 12% saying Orient would lose this one and thank you for all your votes for that one. Yeah, lots of activity pre-match as the Leighton Orient Trust put on an 80 years in Leighton exhibition in the Legends Lounge. And Barry Fairbrother, who was down for the first time in a long time, a 43 long time, years. 40 years. Wow. Yeah, amazing. And he was introduced to the crowd pre-kickoff. And a nice nod to the history of the O's and well done to all involved. And that ties in with what you said earlier about our story to tell, particularly with World War One and Steve Jenkins and that side of it, but also just being a local club. Yeah, it's brilliant. It was uh, to meet Barry, obviously, for the first time yesterday, and a, a few of the other uh, gen- yeah, legends mm-hmm. overused, but genuine legends uh, there yesterday. And it's something that we're trying to do. We want to we're not going to be able to do it every game, but certainly more often than not, we want to bring mm-hmm. you know players that are considered great slash legends, yeah. uh, and we want to bring them into you know to, to meet the fans before the game, take rightly a round of applause, and it's, it's something that we want to uh, grow and we. We'll, yeah, via this podcast, if there's anyone that wants to uh, propose a player uh, with a, with a, that we can look at to try and encourage them to to come down to the Bradgrip Stadium to uh, to do exactly that, then please uh, tweet away. Yeah, great yeah, idea. Get tweets into our own outlook or email us or outlook uh, outlook.com or Danny's email address if you'd like to email Danny. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Lovely. Well done. Well remembered. Yep. So team was announced for the Saturday game of Dean Brewer Gold. Miles Jar, Josh Corson, Marvin Ekpeteta, and Joe Woodowson, the midfield of James Dayton, uh, Craig Clay, Charlie Lee, and Joby McEnough. We've got Josh Caroma and McCauley Bunn up top. And on the subs bench, Sam Sargent, Sam Ling, Dal Gorman, James Brophy, and James Allaby. I know it serves as a reminder for everyone who's actually playing, but for the last 11 games, we actually haven't needed to read out that so much, have we? Because he's just kept it uh, as is. But uh, for the 10th consecutive uh, uh, match. Uh, one change on the bench though, Sam Lin came in for Danny Happy who picked up an ankle injury during the week. Yeah, it's probably after his birthday, probably stumbled out. Yeah, stumbled out of the faces or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the match kicked off as the O's were in first place, entertained Sutton. We don't have proof of that, by the way. That's Just, just to clarify. Just joking. Yeah. Just joking. <laughs> yeah. He's a sensible lad. He's a good lad, yeah. yeah. So Sorry. Go on, this could be 
one of the shortest match reviews we do because it was largely uneventful uh, in terms of footy. However, Ori got the game underway in a beautiful day in East London. Nothing really to know in the first 15 minutes. I think it was a bit quiet. Both teams trying to find their rhythm. I think we had a few little nice passages of play. There was one passage in particular where there was a crossfield ball that ended up the giant and then Judd done it back across yeah, the to way. Joe. That, that was beautiful. Was, that was phenomenal. Yeah. For National League level, that was that was some pretty good football. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, so we're going to fast forward then to the 24th minute. The O's went close to taking the lead as Joe Widdison got his head to a Joby McEnough corner. The ball went past the keeper, but it was well blocked on the goal line and subsequently cleared. Yeah, and I know straight after that ball was cleared, their keeper went over to give the referee some kind of just went ballistic. I think he felt really his arm was being held or something. I think that's a bit of a pattern. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on to all day with the certain players probably getting themselves right in the ref's face, maybe a bit intimidating. Same with our players to some extent. I feel like they've got right, right on their faces. In the programme, it said that that ref had given 30-odd yellow cards and four red cards and yeah. some penalties as well. So he wasn't shy about bringing out his cards at bowl accounts. Yeah. Uh, 27th minute, Jonas Ayunga was brought down just outside the box. Sutton had a free kick in a very dangerous position. Davis was over it but put it high and wide didn't really trouble Brill at all really yeah George Sessions uh, tweeted in the 35th minute fair play to Sutton so far this is exactly how you take the sting out of a game away to an informed side they won three kicks cleared the ball quickly and been physical and direct O's not got going yet yeah I absolutely think that's 100% spot, spot on that tweet Sutton were doing all the ugly things well slowing the game down getting the reps here Exactly what you do when you come to a team in the top of the league, just trying to say on fire one. The play football, disrupt it, make it jagged and, and difficult. Yeah, absolutely. 45th minute, Judd done well to make the challenge in the box as Eastman looked to be through on goal for Sutton. And two minutes of time were added on. And in the final minute of additional time, great move from the O's. Dayton got into the box, it was really crowded out, done really well to get the cross away onto Bond's head, um, who couldn't just get enough power behind the ball to head it beyond Butler. And the half time was went straight after, and we went in goalless at half time. Yeah, we huffed a bit, as did Sutton. few challenges flying in, and considering the ref has produced about, as I said just a moment ago, so many yellow and red cards in games, quite surprised that he hadn't shown um, any more in, in that half. And add to that the terrible time-wasting from their goalkeeper, who was taking like proper was, yeah. like lugs of water out of his bottle while the ball was behind. I mean, like ridiculous. And that's time-wasting in the first half. That's like embarrassing. Um I'm really not a half to write about. Yeah, attempts was announced really? at 5,627 with 308 <coughs> away from us. Sutton, it was a nice little dance routine, I think, from Dan, was it Troop X7? X7 Evan. Something like that at half time. That like was good. Uh, <coughs> a bit of a tribute to the area uh, and great work there by the trust to get that away. So the second half kicked off with no subs for the O's. And second uh, half started, well, at the third time of asking, Sutton finally were able to kick off. Didn't quite know what, what Craig, Craig no, Eastman was doing there. I don't know what his problem was. Like, what, why did it take... Like, the referee blew his whistle and then, I don't know, someone ran into that half and, I don't know, just got a bit silly. So the second half finally got underway, but three minutes into the second half and Sutton scored. Unfortunately, Craig Clay lost possession deep in Sutton's half, went straight to the Sutton player who brought the ball forward. It ends up at a younger who caught Miles Judd out of position. He turned from about 30 yards out and hit a daisy cutter of a shot from distance that creeped in just past the post. Um, poor all round there. There was opportunities for us to stop that. We didn't. And some people that were sat around us thought Brill could have got down quicker to it. It wasn't a particularly fierce shot. It's crept in at the post. That's the only saving grace was that it was that close to the post that a keeper's never going to dive onto the post and risk injuring himself. But doesn't look better on TV really. I think Brill's been fantastic this season but I think yeah. Brill will be very disappointed with that one so we went to go down and all to do uh, for the remaining 40 minutes or so in the 51st minute Coulson blocked the shot of uh, 
Drynan from 20 yards out and the ball went on to Brill and Sutton started coming at us more yeah. I think they thought they could probably finish the game off if they got so inspired I think yeah. probably Big Marv uh, had a shot in the 54th and Sutton captain Eastman who's been in the ref's ear at every opportunity got a yellow card for going through the back of Charlie Lee that was a dirty challenge that was a dirty challenge Johnny Al Mark Bond created an opportunity for himself but blazed over from distance I think he was getting a bit frustrated isolated for a long portion of the game snatched at the shot I mean he didn't have any support so fair play for going for goal yeah uh, and I'd probably argue that him and Josh didn't get the service that they've been used to in the other games so difficult, um, difficult though against a physical team who aren't giving you any time on the ball and to be fair Sutton they were pressing very well hard, yeah and we weren't very well yeah very different game yesterday it's a double substitution in the 65th minute as uh, James Brophy and Dale Gorman replace James Dayton and Charlie Lee yeah for me I was surprised to see Judd stay on the pitch he was having a bit of a tough game Judd a few prior passes that are normally running butt for Judd going out for throw-ins uh, didn't miss his man at points uh, I think he was clearly struggling against a physical player on his side as well I was also a bit surprised to see Allaby come on considering how physical Sutton were I thought we might have seen Allaby a bit earlier but again I can't argue with Justin too much this season his subs have been fantastic and on point view, yeah, yeah absolutely 71st minute both Gorman and Brophy getting involved in the game Brophy really having an impact drives into the box but his cross is clear for a corner that eventually came to nothing yeah in the 75th minute it's a final sub for the O's as James Alabi comes on for Miles Judd and I think that meant a change in formation to 3-4-3 yeah so obviously going for it in the last 15 minutes a bit of pressure starting to follow up now from the O's and the crowd still really behind the team urging the team to get the equaliser in the 78th minute Brophy played the ball to Karoma who let it go through his legs. Bond sets up Brophy, who beat his first man, but drags an effort wide. 83rd minute, McEnough's cross just missed the boot of Alabi. Yeah, and we get closer in the 89th minute. Good work on the right. Very good work on the right, to be fair to Josh. Uh, done really well, beat his man, played the ball perfectly into Del Gorman. And as the ball was rolling into Del Gorman, you could see what he was going to do, clearly as it was coming to him. Mm. Took a lovely shot uh, with his right foot, and it was dipping. Keeper beating all ends up. And it hits the bar. Unbelievable. And goes back into play. You can see how close that was for the way the ball comes bashing into play. Yeah. So it, it wasn't it. like it just clipped the bar. He's absolutely smacked the bar, but yeah. it was just typical. Typical. Wasn't meant to be. So close to right. an equaliser. But five minutes of time are added on for the O's to preserve their unbeaten run uh, to that season. And in the first minute of additional time, so close again as Josh Caroma done exactly on the right done well, uh, sorry, did excellently on the right, found James Alabi, who let the ball roll across his defender, but he fired his shot just wide. I thought Alabi done excellently, yeah, the way he let the ball roll across him, I thought yeah. it was really well played, because the defender could have gone in there, given yeah. that penalty, he done well, got room for the shot, but just blasted it wide, so close, and that was it really, we pressed half, the equaliser in the last couple of minutes, forced two corners, which sadly came to nothing, and the referee brought the game to an end, as we lost our first game this season, as Sutton nicked the win, 1-0. Absolutely did. Justin Edinburgh spoke after the game. He said, We are frustrated because we've been beaten and not got something from the game. Not that it was an open game or one with lots of chances, but it was a game where we have to come off the pitch having not lost. There were very few chances and Sutton came here to do a job and did it well. But the key for us is how we react to this moving forward. So that defeat, CZO slipped to second in the National League now. One point and one place behind Salford who moved into first place following their win yesterday. So we have now played 14, 1 8, drawn 5. Lost one, 29 points and a very healthy goal difference of plus 17. And like we were saying before, if you would have offered us that before the season started, all day long, 14 games in, one point behind the leaders, biggest unbeaten run of the season, we would have stepped your hand off for it. Yeah. So. Anything you wanted to add about yesterday? 
Yeah, it was obviously disappointing, but you have to look at everything in uh, the collective of the, the last few games. Uh, it's, yeah, as everyone has rightly said, it's now how we uh, retaliate to that, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good good week training. I bet the boys are, are chomping at the bit to get back out onto the training ground uh, tomorrow for the rest of the week, and uh, Maidenhead will be you know, no less of a test. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a tough place to go. There's uh, obviously. Uh, They'll they'll be wanting to uh, continue uh, what they'll they'll see as a as a fairly good start for them. They're sort of mid 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 table, uh, and they'll be wanting to look up. Uh, and it's yes, yeah, it's now how we re- recover as a team. I think there was a lot of uh, sort of panic after the, from from certain sections of the fans after. Uh, well, well, we've we've lost the game, uh, and that that sort of shock reaction. I think even in the sort of eighty ninth minute, we'll score because yeah, we're we're flying, yeah, and yeah. I think we all expected. Uh, uh, yeah, when. Dorman two inches under that that goes in the one that's cleared off the line a larby just going narrowly wide yeah, football's a game of ifs and buts oh, and maybes yeah. but had that gone in we'd be having a very different discussion and we'd be yeah still top and and, and thinking that, that yeah the world's brilliant and uh, England are going to win the World <laughs> Cup and etc uh, etc et so it's yeah we, we we have to look at it and Justin and absolutely everyone Danny and and Ross and and, and everyone in the behind the scenes has, has done phenomenal to have got that to where we are after yeah. fourteen games. Yeah, we're a third of the way through the season. Come come Saturday or virtually a third, and uh, we're in a, we're in a we're in a strong position, uh, and it's something to to build on. And you know we can see the potential of what exists in this squad, and it's it's exciting. I think it's uh, the way we've played games. We've won games. We've got points back from where we. Uh, Perhaps in previous season we wouldn't have got, and uh, yeah, I for one can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely, So from my point of view, it had to come to an end at some point, didn't it? I'm more disappointed with the way we lost today. We never got a grip, didn't force their keeper into a proper save until the 78th minute, and really lacked the high energy, high press, and imposing game we've played recently. Not winning individual battles against the team who are physical and use all the dirty tricks to waste time and con the ref also cost us today. Some would argue their goal was the fault of Clay giving the ball away, Judd not stopping the shot and Brill not getting down quick enough uh, to save a real daisy cutter of a shot. But as everyone says, it's how we bounce back next week and with no midweek game, the team can recover and regroup properly. Yeah, I mean, it's bad day at the office. I think we outmuscled by a more physical certain team uh, who played to their strengths. I think we looked a bit tired at points. Um, and obviously, you know, when you get the same starting 11, it's great for cohesion, but sometimes you can knock the players out. But Sutton pressed us more. They time wasted. They broke up the game. They frustrated us. We couldn't find a rhythm. Um, but saying that, you know, like Danny said just now, if Gorman strike goes in, we draw one on. We're sitting here talking about a draw that we probably deserved and still top of the league. Same yeah. with Alibi's shot. Uh, and it would have been a very different story, but. Like we've already said, 14 games in, we'd have been happy being in second place, just one point behind the leaders. So it isn't all lost, and Justin will be looking for a response from his team on Saturday. Um, and I think he's got some big calls now for Saturday, personally. I think was the level performance from some of the players acceptable when I was being quick to drop players uh, when they haven't performed well? So I'm interested to see now if certain players still retain their places on Saturday. It'd be interesting to see what, what Justin decides. Because Dave asked him that question. Oh, did he? Uh, Dave did ask him, and Justin said it's it's a really easy question to ask. He said, but if we'd have drawn that, absolutely, he wouldn't be changing. We wouldn't even ask that question. So I suspect he'll probably keep the same starting eleven just yeah. for that consistency. It's just a blip rather than an actual. Oh my God, I need to make wholesale changes, but. Interesting um, to note that though. So those were our views. Um, your views. El Coado tweeted in saying, "Well, it's done. 
now it's seeing now to see how this group bounced back from a defeat. Sam Pretty underscore LOFC says getting the ball into the box on the floor was key in this game and we didn't do it <laughs> enough. Yeah, Book and JP said way too slow for too long. Only showed urgency towards the end when it was too late. Stunk of the days of Tommy Taylor. Good wow. God. At Len M4. So wow. Sutton had a plan and executed it perfectly. Thankfully, it's not the end of the world. Plenty of time to put it right. Matty LOFC Evans said it's not about the defeat, it's how we can bounce back. Salford are starting to pick up momentum and it's about keeping up with them. We have genuine competition and a loss of form could be disastrous even at this early stage of proceedings. Onwards to the next game. Orient underscore Ed, who sits in front of us, was not impressed. He said we always lose unbeaten records with a whimper and today was no different. Disjointed, poor passing and just looked lost all over the park. Rubbish. Paul underscore LT2P said cynical team came with a plan to stop the Orient playing, take a card. Did stop the Orient playing, take a card. I.e. take a card to break up the game. Ah, right, okay. Didn't help. We weren't at the races. Ref needs a mention uh, as he was weak. Looking forward to the next historic unbeaten run. No expectation there. And no, really, QB9 says no one to blame but ourselves. Not physical enough. Too slow, poor passing. Karoma and Bond particularly poor. Judd must have been out on the drink last night, maybe for Danny Hap's birthday. No, it will be fine. Just a bad day. No truth in that rumour. Sasha J. Wolf said, We seem to lack speed and energy to the last 20. Sutton and the ref between them didn't let us get the game flowing and we didn't seem to know how to respond, which is a necessity in this league. From my angle, it looked like Brill should have saved their goal too. Hey, Gary Hamperk says, One loss doesn't mark a season. Might be a gentle boot up the backside that some of them might need. Hashtag reality check. Stiggy64 said, What was that all about? No idea what our tactics were today and everyone had a off day I guess we'll get to see the strength of character now hashtag bounce back ability Taser Jr says what a dreadful game of rugby that was everyone knew how it was going to be after the day time wasted most of the first half but a big positive that Brophy's back as well yeah. but I did think the crowd was very quiet today and as for the ref has he heard of the word advantage I mean, there Probably were a few not. points where he did stop it where he seemed to be in a good position I thought in the south stand from what I thought I thought it was quite loud at points don't think it was any any worse We've had better, we've had worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Speno011 said, Was it a poor goal to concede? Nil-nil, probably a fair result. Sutton played the gamesmanship we would expect when they went 1-0 up. Shame we didn't equalise with Gorman or Alabi, but take that one on the chin. It's how we react and feel Dayton and Judd look tired, so maybe changes are needed. And it was nice to meet you outside the club shop before kickoff. Yeah, Spencer. Vince Table Obscure says, Ugly non-football from Sutton. Time-wasting, the ref didn't help. and Couldn't get any sort of rhythm going. But we go again next week. Paul Skinner, 88, said, Poor performance all round. The ref, Orient and Sutton, we're still second. We can chase Salford down. Go again. Come on, Orient. Ben D. Bollard says, Proof, if we ever needed it, that this league is no picnic. Four or five players weren't at it. And credit to Sutton for doing a job on us. Yeah, I like this tweet coming up now. Kid Samson O says, In truth, I thought we looked jaded against one of the roughest, most organised sides in the division. Unsurprising after 10 consecutive unchanged lineups. But I feel that Justin has to start instigating a little squad rotation. Otherwise, we're going to run out of steam. And there's OK52, so it's not at our best today. But one thing I know is Brophy has to start as he's the only man taking on and beating defenders. Stephen Orient said, Overall, poor Sutton was spoilers and frustrating to lose to that sort of a team. We never look capable of breaking them down, which is a concern. If a part-time team can do that... If a part-time team can do that, sorry, only Marvin was on top of his game. Agree with that as well. Marvin had another outstanding game. Outstanding <laughs> player, very good prospect. Mm. Fritz Howard, 73. This is not physical enough today, and we look tired. But now, 
we'll see how we bounce back and the defeat might put a bit of fire in their bellies. London Gary W said, disappointed with the way we lost today. Sutton kept it tight and slowed down the game at every opportunity. If we had lost after having made a lot of chances, I would have been happier. That said, it's only one game and now it's up to us to ensure it is only one. And James did the 11 says, Sutton came in and executed a game plan which paid off. It was negative football, but we couldn't break them down until around the 75th minute. Frustrating one to lose, but it may benefit us in the long run. Team needs freshening up. And we go again next Saturday. Orient Electric said Sutton done a job on us, never gave us five minutes peace. Thought we weren't going to get bullied this season, but today we did. Too many players had an off day. David Barrett 6 says not many players were up for today. I would have had Harold on the bench. He would have made a difference against their defenders. I thought Wedenbush should take a risk and leave out a keeper and have five outfield players there as Harold can double as a makeshift keeper. I think that's a very risky game. Now, you know the one game he, he does it if he does it. He's going to go and do it. And then you can only bring three subs on anyway, so you might as well have a keeper on the bench in case. Because you can only bring three players on in a match anyway. It's not like you can bring four on or five. You know what I mean? So It's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Tough one. Tough decision, that one. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Rayleigh Dave said, a poor performance with little intensity and movement off the ball. We didn't seem to have any idea how to break them down. Didn't get the ball down enough and the midfield was immobile and playing sideways. Marvin was the one shining star today. Let's react strong. Oh, dear Walsh, he says, how we respond to this is far more important than the result. Was never going the last all season and there's a long way to go. I think that's a great tweet, that one. Yeah, Dunmark said, the only good thing about today was not beating, being a Sutton fan and having to watch that awful team every week. I am underscore MO. says, I thought Sutton were dire, but we were worse. Look, leggy. Their keeper was three foot tall and not testing. <laughs> Just a horrible game to watch. Yeah, final word this week goes to Rekka Bluat, who said, Poor performance from all involved. Us, Sutton and the referee. Disappointing to lose in that manner, but at least we weren't undone by losing 4 or 5 nil. Big win required against Maiden. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets we read out. So those were all tweets that came in to at Orient Outlook. So tweet <laughs> us back, let us know what you thought, or give us an email at orientoutlook.com. Com. Yeah, and there was quite a lot of tweets there. We got a lot more, so thanks to everybody. Yeah. But we, there's only so much time, and we are already at an hour and 20, or set hour and 17. So we're going to move on then to the prediction league. No correct predictions for this match, so there were no points awarded. And as it stands at the top of the prediction league, it's uh, uh, Pills the Domain on top on 16 points, followed by uh, Rob MC68. Uh, sorry, Rob MCC68, Rob Nathan77, and Tony underscore Antonio, who are joint on, uh, sorry, tied uh, on 11 points. Full table is on our Facebook page, and as always, thanks to everybody for your predictions. So after the match, then, uh, there was a bit of drama. Sutton player, Nicky Bailey, uh, <coughs> sent out a tweet, I believe, is on your phone list. It is, he's tweeted. So went into the At Leighton Orient FC bar after the game, and their vile, at least he used the correct there, Vile, trampy fans started on the three of us because we beat them. The one horrible tramp spat in... Then, one horrible tramp spat in my face. Proper scumbag supporters. Hope you're proud of yourself. So following that claim, the club put out the following statement saying the club will be conducting its own investigation into allegations made online by an opposition player following the full-time whistle today. The club will not be making a further comment at this time. Or will they? Got any thoughts on that? Uh, no, anything you can the, share with us at, at this time? Nothing official came through to us. I'm obviously not going to go into the detail of uh, what allegedly uh, happened. We'll, we are and uh, we'll continue uh, an investigation, which you know, won't, won't drag on for too long. Uh, but we haven't had anything official. I spoke to one of the uh, 
I think my equivalent uh, from Susson yesterday or after the game to uh, alert him to uh, the alleged incident uh, and I'll be having a discussion with them tomorrow uh, and yeah, that's pretty much there is to say it was uh, very quickly uh, resolved and uh, credit to our uh, to our stewards to our bar staff that uh, yeah it didn't go any further than what allegedly had happened Wicked. Thank you, Danny. It's a Sunday, the 30th of September. The ladies' first team weren't in action, but the development team were as they faced Islington Borough, and the score was one all with Ben and Rapole Dalton getting the O's goal. So I presume she's got married because it used to be Ben and Rapole. So congratulations, yep. Ben, if you did get married. If you yeah. didn't, sorry about that. You got something <laughs> name, yeah. um, we're going to um, ask Danny a, a number of questions uh, in just a moment, but just to, to wrap up a few other bits and pieces, football, fancy football update, if you're not in our league, uh, message us, we'll give you the code. Tim Roberts is at the top uh, of our fancy football league. He's got a massive 481 points. Steve, you're doing all right in 34th, and I'm doing not dreadfully bad. in 103rd. So let's move on from that to Dream Team. Uh, Julian Lillington leads the Orient mm. Outlook podcast, Dream Team League. He's got a whopping 425 points. Steve, you've dropped to fourth. And I'm doing abysmally in 52nd. I might give it up soon. Can't no, can't continue out. I'm, I'm doing worse than you, if I say anything. <laughs> that, that helps, actually. That's cool. Thank you. Are you in our league? Do you know I don't think I've joined it. I'm okay. in about 200 other, other leagues. Uh, <laughs> I've got a couple of teams. and I, I, oh, I one, one of the guys from Dream Team sent through the other day, I think I'm in like the bottom 1% of, <laughs> of one of my teams. It was just there. Uh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> definitely get you announced. Cool. Fantastic. So, okay, positives, negatives of the week. Then, so I'll do positives. So, first positive history made this week with the win at Braintree. So, a phenomenal start to the season there, setting the record after 137 years. The second positive is our goal difference is still huge, plus 17. Like Paul said many a time on the podcast, that could be pivotal come the end of the season. And then, last positive of the week, players start to come back from injury and are available again. Brophy was back on Saturday. Sam Link was back on Saturday. We bumped into George L. Kobe yesterday, who was climbing stairs uh, without any kind of yeah, trouble. Fine now, yeah. Looked <clears throat> fine, so only a matter of time before L. Kobe comes back. At half time, he was kicking the ball about with the other substitutes. Oh, was he? I didn't yeah. see that. Was, okay. yeah. Doing some keeping yeah, up there. I don't think he's too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, and again, credit to, to the medical team. We've got a medical team that Premier League club would be. Uh, would be delighted with in terms of their quality uh, and experience and the credit that they've got George and yeah, people like Brophy back yeah. at, if they give a, if they give a time scale uh, 99 out of 100 times they're bang on with it and that's, that's, that's credit to the work they've got amazing brilliant uh, negatives unfortunately uh, the unbeaten run is now finished some poor individual performances uh, from Saturday's game against Sutton and obviously the incident uh, with the Sutton player yeah. uh, as well. So those are negatives and positives. And we can hear of the week, so we normally put this to social media, but we were both unanimous, I think, straight after the game that we didn't want to put this one to social media because we were both like, it's this guy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. So congratulations to the goal-scoring extraordinaire centre-back. Gem, gem of a fine. Gem of a fine. What well up, Mr. Foster. It's a big mark. Well done, well big mark. Well deserved on having a fantastic season. And George Kobe, when he's fit again, may have trouble getting back into that starting eleven because Marv has been exceptional this season. We shall see. So now we've got a bit of a QA and a uh, for you, Danny. Um, we put this out to Twitter, Facebook, everywhere basically. So we've had quite a few questions come in. Um, Sue underscore Manx asked us, a few months ago you invited a few fans to meet as part of two focus groups. In the group, we discussed various aspects of LOFC from a supporter's view. 
Will you be inviting those groups back as promised to see what progress has been made following your discussions? So we are doing a focus group on, which I wanted to give a, a, a plug to, not that it needs because we have yeah. quite a few people come forward, but we're always keen to hear from uh, as many different people as we can. So Thursday the 18th of October, uh, details are on the website and we'll republicise that early this week uh, of, of how to do that to, uh, to the marketing email to mm-hmm. say that in terms of getting those groups together we're actually deliberately I've gone slightly back which is very unusual on me uh, we're going to gather this feedback from this focus group and I'd encourage anyone who's been or not been to come uh, it's very much an open uh, an open thing but we want to limit the numbers otherwise it's not called a focus group uh, it's called a chat uh, <laughs> and then we want to invite all of those groups back a little bit further down the line but anyone who did come to, to those first I think it was two focus groups uh, that we did uh, as always if there's any queries that they've got with that, that that helps us bounce ideas off helps most importantly for them to tell us what we're doing right what we can do better and it's more about what we can do better that we're, we're most interested in so yeah to that uh, person yeah. but that, yeah please get in touch if there's anything that we can help with so just to be clear after the third focus group there'll be a re- we will do a, a yeah thing around sort of Christmas or early New Year but again right. it's a re-stress re- that if there's any queries then we're, we're, we're all ears of bits that we can try and do uh, better cool. uh, James Morrison at JamesMo67051271 says I asked before the season started about non-lounge people being allowed in as the atmosphere became intimidating for players and families as only behaved people will be allowed in was his answer now, with people, now will he stop people who don't have a ticket for the lounge getting in? I was told yesterday that the lounge bar is open to anyone after the match, but this should not be allowed. Uh, you pay a certain amount more than these people, and they get the benefits of the lounge. I feel so angry about this. I've returned my Legends Lounge season ticket uh, in protest over the issue. Okay, obviously, sorry to hear that. I've been obviously in communication uh, with, with uh, James. Uh, so, just a bit of background. So, we, we do allow others non-legends lounge uh, uh, ticket holders so if you're a season ticket holder or a ticket holder in the legends lounge then you've got exclusive pre-game as well as halftime after the game it's one of the things I looked at uh, during last season and we had 20 to 30 should we say paying fans uh, in there and that's not enough to make that viable to stay open. I've looked at everything of, yeah, effectively the bottom line contribution, which I know is not the most important thing to, to look at, but it is an important consideration when we're trying to to make the the club, uh, yeah, more more profitable uh, across all of the areas. So we, we're allowing uh, fans to come in from other portions of the ground uh, because the you know, supporters club is full. We want to continue that, uh, especially when we've got a good result. Want to continue that feel good factor. They get to meet with the players. The reality is a lot of the players have a heart yeah. uh, and families are rightly up there. And it's a difficult one and I'll, I'll put, put that out there to James and I will, uh, uh, he was in communication with us, I shall make sure I go back to his communication in the next couple of days. Don't want to lose any any, any season ticket holder. But it's, it's one that we will continue to review. Uh, is the, if I'm honest, the only negative comment we've had on it. Uh, and it is a good, good... You know, good atmosphere uh, typically up there and yeah. Uh, yeah again we want to make sure that we're as profitable uh, as we can be in those areas but I will listen to fans feedback as, as will uh, everyone and we'll continue to review our decisions cool as well, at Stephen Orient said any updates on if the club are going to improve the east stand toilets are dirty some wooden steps are in poor condition no proper bar facility now we have great pie and mash maybe more shelves or tables to enjoy it on 
Yeah, uh, Stephen makes some really good points. Actually, uh, he's, he's one of the, uh, the, the the most sensible in terms of stuff he suggests. Uh, I don't don't know him personally. I'm not saying that. Uh, yeah, the East Stand is a difficult one. Uh, the reality is, the Stand is probably twenty to thirty years past uh, it being a good stand. It's obviously creates a good atmosphere at times, uh, especially when, when you got a big crowd like yesterday. There are areas that we need to look at. The middle catering unit is, as I've condemned it, uh, when I went in there between the switching of caterers, I was disgusted with what I witnessed in there, and it deteriorated quickly over a, a few months, and it's leaking, and I'm not, I'm not having food and, and any even clothes, produce, and drinks so, sold in there. The space in that East End is so, so limited. We've got the community hub in there, which I would never, ever want to, to lose. Now, that takes up a lot of space, but right, rightly so, and things like yesterday is a, is a key home for them. I'm just constantly reviewing, as are the board of our options with the East End, but there's not a quick tick box to say, right, that's the solution. Mm-hmm. If you provide areas that seem suggested for, for grazing and for eating at... The reality is you're blocking a walkway. It, 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 that stand is not designed for football in 2018. Good answer. Leighton Ori Boy says, can you simplify the free ticket for season ticket holder guests? Make it simple and people will come. E.g. put free vouchers in each season ticket book to be filled out and used on the day. He also makes a point about the online ticket website is being made easier to use. Yes, yeah, so I'll take the second question first. The, 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 the online ticketing website, we've had some phenomenal feedback. The, yeah. the old system was, there's a reason it's an yeah. old system, we bought C tickets in. Uh, I'd say we've had 99.9% very good feedback with it. Uh, there's always constant tweaks. Uh, we could do actually meeting this week just to sort of try and fine tune elements that, that we can from the system. Uh, and then the first part of the question in terms of the season tickets. So we obviously gave the three, three tickets uh, to season ticket holders. We'll review how that works in the future. But we've, you know, there's an online form. We, you know, they, they can post that off, send that off to us digitally, and then we can send out the tickets. We're trying to make it as straightforward as we can. The reason we didn't include it within the uh, season tickets is that most people then just turn up on a day with that voucher and yeah. then we don't know how many people are coming yeah. and if they want to try and sit near their season ticket that's going to make it challenging but again we'll review that it's been a huge amount of people have used it uh, so we're doing that for two reasons one to reward the phenomenal support from season ticket holders and two to encourage fans to uh, bring other people and obviously hopefully we, we can liaise with them communicate with them to try and encourage them to become season ticket holder next year Perfect. Um, Leighton Oriboy said, okay, just sorry, just done that. Acquiant said, what happened to the greatest hashtag LOFC competition whereby you could win a season ticket for life and many other great prizes part of GDPR drive? I'd forgotten about that. That's a great yeah, question. Yeah, we were discussing this last week. The season uh, ticket incentive was very well received and obviously to an extent worked. Uh, so we're going to be doing the draw I think it's the week after next uh, with all the entrants that are in there and we'll make a very big song and dance about whoever's the uh, yeah the lucky one who's going to win a season ticket for life it's wow. uh, it's something that we're doing in collaboration with Dream Team who will be uh, no doubt giving some uh, some coverage for us doing that that's obviously one of the reasons that we, we wanted to do that so yeah that, that draw will be made imminently shall we say and publicised off topic quickly Dream Team Seems to be a very good partnership developing so far. They've been very vocal about Leighton Orient on their social media yeah. accounts. Obviously, we tweeted that Joby serving 
Painted, I think, got over two hundred thousand. It's the, the, a great the, exposure for the club. Yeah, the, the series that they're doing, that sort of behind the scenes, is uh, sort of not far away from the second episode of it, and it is it's great content. And we, we meet with them once a month at their their uh, news international head office, which is a uh, beautiful office next to the Shard. And uh, there's there's times you go into the meeting and you you kind of forget that they're paying us for the privilege of being our sponsor because the amount they give to us. Yeah. Uh, it's an absolutely brilliant. You know, we said about partnerships, a brilliant relationship, and just a, just a small gesture every every single week. And it's not the same tweet, uh, text he sends every time. The managing director of News International, who is a yeah, an Orient fan, but obviously with his job doesn't get to get to every game every single week. He he, he texts me around about five to three, uh, wishing the boys good luck. And it's just, that, that's just a signal of just you know, how, how yeah. strong the partnership is and um, hopefully we can work with them for a number of years that's quality I think the next couple of questions have already been covered so Tom P1984 asked about a new food menu we covered that and Darren Burroughs suggests getting Cornish pasties in uh, <clears throat> that's not a bad shot yeah it comes down to oven space again because it's ventilation uh, if we put another product we are at capacity in terms of the product certainly in most of the, the units especially in the east end if we put in something else, something else has to come out of it. And so until we've got this ventilation and, and, and the additional unit in the East End sorted, we, we, we kind of are where we are. But boy, the products we've got, as we've said, are a, a massive improvement on where we were. Yeah, Graham, 1974-75. So it's a very helpful young fella. Proved to me yesterday that the hot dogs were gluten-free. Uh, maybe a few gluten-free rolls in the fridge too, though. So again, lots of feedback on the catering. Yeah, so what, what on that link to that, there's quite a few questions. Obviously, <coughs> tolerances or intolerances to food becoming more, more and more common with, with people, sadly. So we uh, there's an awful lot of why, why do you put this product on. The reality is it has to be cooked in in, a, in the wrapper, otherwise cross-contamination, which is the mm-hmm. critical bit. So I had a long conversation with the caterers earlier. And uh, that that's another key part that we want to make sure that if we're offering it, we, yeah, we're offering it legally, should we say. Yeah. Speno011 said, what a fantastic attendance yesterday. What does the club now have in place to keep attracting new fans and keep the existing? P.S. Had a chilli hot dog. Very tasty. Great work on that front. P.P.S. It was great to briefly meet Paul. All right, okay. Don't need to to do that. But So the first question was, what does the club have uh, in place to keep attracting new fans and to keep the existing? I think we've probably touched on a few of them with the, some of the offers that we got. Yeah, uh, the the existing one is we've placed as much effort on that as we are trying to get the new. Uh, so existing in terms of rewarded season to golders is something we're massively doing, and more on that to follow, should we say? Yeah, uh, and that's not passing off the the answer. Uh, in terms of the the casual floating fan that comes, you know, th- this game may not come to the next. Uh, we very much want to uh, engage with them, and we're, we're doing that via our newsletters, etc. And then in terms of bringing in the next breed of fans, it is a uh, uh, an obvious answer. Is watch this space. We are working very hard behind the scenes, uh, marketing uh, commercial teams, along with Howard and Neil on uh, a residence mailing. So we're going to be offering a free family ticket to everyone who uh, is lucky enough to live within a, so many miles or certainly a good few miles of the Brave Rib Stadium uh, to encourage them to come down to a game this year, to come encourage them to take an event on a non-match day and to book it for a wedding or bar mister or whatever it is. So there's, yeah, there's a huge amount we are, we are doing over the, the coming six months uh, to try and encourage them to come once and come again. CM Oriental sent us a message. I think it's more of a message than a question. He says it's great to see the improvements in the new standard of food being offered under the new caterers. However, the queue delays are still in need of improvement. Uh, it was also nice to see caterers coming into the East Stand to sell hot dogs after half time. Uh, will we see more of this in other stands? 
as one of my guests purchased one and commented on what good value the hot dog was. So I didn't, this, I didn't see this in the South Stand. Hot dog sellers... We, 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 we tested yeah. it uh, and I'm not sure we'll do it again uh, so we tested it in one or two areas yesterday the East stand I say for the, all the reasons we gave we tried to do everything we could yesterday to, to speed up the service in there but for all reasons I gave it, it it's a challenge but one that we'll rise to uh, I think there's a, a poll on, uh, on on Twitter of you know should we be doing it should we not as you know, people saying yes it's brilliant others saying no it's like if I want to go to the theatre I'll go to the theatre we want to just provide opportunities to make it easier to buy food and drink uh, on a match day and it might be that we you know we put those sellers in corners uh, just to try and alleviate that key rush of, of half time and We'll try and narrow stuff, as simple as that. I think one of the other issues is, is as we get more people in the ground, we've only got a certain space for food and drink. And yeah, if you're getting yeah. 6,000 people in, it's going to be harder to get a drink or something at half-time than if you've got 3,500. Yeah, that, that, so we've not it. had these problems before yeah. because we've not had such no. big crowds. I think. And we are getting a lot of walk-up, yeah. which I'm not criticising at all. Uh, but it therefore makes gauging of numbers for things like catering that little bit more challenging. Yeah, ultimately, if you get that wrong and you're over stocking, yeah, yeah. your margin goes. Yeah, uh, so a waste. It's a tough balance. It is. <laughs> Orient Fan TV said, everything seems to be working perfectly well at Orient at the moment, but is there anything else you feel needs improving? Yeah, it doesn't stop. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's bits that we constantly, uh, as an off-pitch off team, want to uh, improve. We meet, so we'll meet tomorrow morning as we do after every game and review absolutely everything uh, that, that happened uh, off the pitch. There's not a lot we can do on, on the pitch for, for our team. Uh, but very much uh, we review absolutely everything, take on fan feedback, read the forums, read the emails, read the tweets, listen to the podcasts, etc., yeah. etc. Et so every little bit of feedback, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We get an awful lot of, of posts as well. We just take that feedback on to try and improve it. We're, this is, yeah, we've done an awful lot in in sixteen months, but it's now the next sixteen months and beyond that of how we take things up even more. Cool. Big ads at OFC it says, "Do you think it's time we put proper barriers in place to stop home supporters and the away bench constantly having verbal altercations?" I've sat there <coughs> and I've seen it, and you can see it from the south stand also going on as the current rope and security seem to be a waste of time. Difficult one. Uh, there was yesterday some some fans uh, voicing their opinion, should we say, uh, towards officials and towards uh, opposing management team. Uh, I think the fans, to, to an extent, need to sort of look at it and think, you know, is, is that appropriate? Uh, there's obviously families around there. We'll review our stewarding uh, of that area and, and the reaction to any incidences that do happen, but we don't want to take away that closeness. I think there was someone who suggested we put the dugouts close. A, there's not the space to do it, and B, we'll be blocking sight lines, etc., etc. Yeah, that, that's what part of what makes the experience great of going to going to the games. Mm. Uh, but it's something that we'll constantly review. Cool. Pillar rental. I think it's a good question here. Would it be possible to create a children's version of the supporters club where families with children can go before the match to further enrich the children's match day experience? Soft drink bar with games console, football on screens, fun games, etc. 100% just the space uh, so where you, you you have to sacrifice something to do that uh, and at the moment we haven't got that area to sacrifice I've got uh, a couple of ideas in terms of where we could potentially convert areas into the east stand uh, to do that but again that's not a 
small investment uh, in terms of the time mm. uh, and space that, that occupies. But we, we need a fan zone. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about how we can try and create it more than just being about 90 minutes of football. Uh, obviously, the score centre is soon to be uh, replaced for, uh, for for housing and for apartments. So that takes out that option of that. That's happening in, in, in the relatively near future. Uh that's yeah. where iFarm comes into a key part oh, of that. Yeah. So that was you know, initially when Joyful brilliant, you know, you've got a space over there, but very soon that's not available. Uh, and I'm really passionate about making it in stadia rather than it being yeah. sp- split site because you then got kids crossing the road at five to three, and that that, that, you know, yeah. that doesn't sound good. No. Uh, so yes, yeah, something that we're reviewing. But boy, if we do it, well, I think we would be it would be full within minutes. Yeah, yeah agree. It would. Okay, Padam Modium eighteen eighty one has a couple. <laughs> Uh, first of all, it says roll over crossbar challenge, please. Question mark. Howard Gould said, "What are you talking about?" He yeah. said, "Danny will know what I'm talking." Yeah, about. I know what he's talking about. So yeah, you can come up with a, a wise suggestion of how we can do exactly what it says on the tin. I don't know the rollover bit comes into it, but presumably from a sponsorship point of view. Uh, but effectively, trying to liven up uh, halftime entertainment. The halftime is really difficult because if you bring children in specifically to do something, uh, Colin has done a, obviously an amazing job with his team with the pitch. And the investment the board's made. But if in the middle of November and you've had a pelting down with rain the night before, Collins, you know, reluctant to let the players on it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. he's so well, joking apart there. But certainly in terms of doing that, and then you've disappointed 20 odd children. So it's a real difficult yeah. one. But we want to try and make the half time uh, activity a bit more variable. What Howard does is fantastic. We're trying to try and bring a bit of variety into that. And uh, yeah, a little bit, we'll, we'll, we'll see what works with that one. Cool. He wanted to say it's already been covered about the uh, we're pleased to have catering staff walking along the front of the West End selling hot dogs. We've already covered that one. And he started a poll on Twitter just to give that a, a oh, mention. Was he that started his poll? a poll um, oh, okay. asking if that should or shouldn't be. Okay. At Pandemonium1881 on Twitter if you're inclined to answer <laughs> that poll. He also went on to ask why season tickets in ticket form this year. Yep, a uh, number of reasons. Uh, the first one is we had a lot of requests where Friends were passing over season tickets to other ones, and they you know, it might be a work colleague, and you, just, you don't really want to hand over your pride and pride and joy, so to speak, like handing over your children. Uh, the other one is so uh, this is not a big brother tactic. We want to be able to scan the individual match tickets. Uh, we want to be able to reward attendance, uh, certainly for those that are able to attend all twenty three. Uh, and that will come out later on in the season. But we want to be able to monitor it. My catchphrase, if you can't, uh, can't measure it, you can't manage it, and that rings true. So we want to be able to communicate with fans that aren't able to attend games to, A, encourage them that you know, they can technically pass on their season ticket, but it's just so that we can better understand fans and speak to them individually rather than just being one of 4,000. They're not just a number. They're treated as, a, as an individual, and that, that's why we've done that. And uh, it's been actually quite well received. Uh, and we've introduced things like the pin badge just so that they yeah, have, have that sense of belonging. Yeah, we'd love it that they've got a card in their wallet. The reality is we're a good few years away from just being able to justify being able to do uh, yeah, entry via a card. Uh, the cost of the electronic scanners... Uh, would be extortionate and we mentioned about one striker yeah. earlier talking about three strikers yeah. probably wow, okay. wow. Uh, last question from Matt have seen a little with Theo's gang this year any updates yep uh, so we are relaunching it uh, we had a change shall we say of uh, within our marketing department now Dave as we aforementioned uh, he will very much be leading with that along with uh, other members of the team and we're going to completely relaunch with an abundance uh, FIO's membership 
different age categories and different names for those age categories to reflect preschool, junior school and high school. And uh, we are chucking the kitchen sink at it. And uh, it will be more one for next season, but it will definitely be launched during this season, probably the turn of the year. And we, yeah, we really are going to go to town with it. Cool. Great to hear. to sign my boy up to that. Theo up to that. Yeah, there yeah, will be no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> no excuse. I don't know why I didn't do it yesterday, actually. Did you skate, will it? Yeah. Uh, Les LK52 said, what's happened to the supporters representative on the board? I know it's probably something that the supporters club and uh, Loft were... Yeah, we're in dialogue with uh, representatives of Loft and the Supporters Club, and uh, that, 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 that dialogue continues. We had an email uh, from Terry Lofts who says, Do you believe it's more important to get sponsors aligned to the values of the club, or is it better to simply chase money and use that to benefit the club? Uh, ultimately, we want partners that will work with us for the, for the good of the club and for the growth of the club, and I think the, the partners we've got in board doing that and uh, we'll sing it for the same song sheet yeah, once most of it has a clear on connection I think when you're looking at them so Breyer Tim Brown's an Orient fan it's, teams have got Andrew Butler and another Orient fan by the sounds of it yeah it helps when you've got that link uh, the, the, you know it's because they've got that association and they're thinking with their with their profit and loss sheet as well as their uh, yeah. heart and mind so it's, when you're ticking on both those boxes it makes it a lot easier yeah. So sorry, just to go back to Les's question about the supporters rep on the board, nothing's happened about that. Nothing's been. No one's been appointed. That's still an ongoing situation. No, we will we'll, we'll, we'll continue the communication with those with those groups in in that relation. Okay. Um, moving on then, Dougal on the forum asked, "How comes for the second match, second home game in a row, there haven't been enough match programs printed out before half past two? Yeah, I think there's a couple of issues here. One, one again, I'd say the walk up yesterday was 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 high. Uh, Two, the programs are proving a lot. Uh, Elliot and Courtney, I think I work hard, but Elliot and Courtney, wow, uh, the hours that they put in, I don't, they, they need to uh, find the balance at times. They, they're sort of working twenty-hour days, both of them. Just take them in turn, the time it takes to turn around a program. Yeah, to, to an extent, but this was, I, I think, there's a couple of things we want to look at here because I know there were other areas that had programs available well into well into the first half. So we need to look oh, about okay. how that's balanced. But because fans are walking up and buying on the day, trying to gauge that number, and again, the profit margin of the programs is so minimal. It's not. It's, it, it does make a profit, but it's so minimal yeah, yeah. that if you get that five percent wrong, you've lost that the money margin. for that for that yeah. game. And that's something I say that an awful lot of effort that Ellie and Courtney put into producing a, you know, a very good program. Yeah. Uh, so that's just something that we just constantly need to review we do up the quantity based on the expected crowd but you know, we're, we're having around about 50% of the match day away from uh, away ticket sales paying on the day and trying to gauge if we're going to have 5,000 or 5,600 is is proving uh, you know, it's not an exact yeah. science it's, yeah. it's one you've got to sometimes get right okay, cool. gentlemen Ken I think this has been answered to some extent. How do the club plan to raise the average attendance over the next few years as both Nigel and Kent have mentioned the objective is to get around the 7,000 mark? Yeah, I think that the objective, <coughs> I don't know if we've stated an exact figure, but it's certainly we want to grow it. We obviously are at the moment. It helps when you uh, have, have been in the form that we've been in of late. And uh, yeah, we, we can spend an awful lot of time trying to get fans in once. We want to try and get them in two, three, four, fifty times. Yeah. Uh, and we will only do that by providing a very good experience. And it may not be always they're getting a win, but they've, they've come, seen an entertaining game of football, had good food, 
they now to yeah, a bit of entertainment, etc. And uh, that will be the key part of that. One Tan Baby asks, if we don't go up this season, do you think we'll lose the likes of Marvin, Bond and Karoma? And if that is the case, do we go for absolute broke to finish top next year? You can chuck, again, the kitchen sink and, and try and do it in one season and spend ridiculous sums of money. Uh, that's not a long-term strategy. I think Kent alluded to that uh, a couple of weeks ago. We've got a squad that we believe can compete uh, as we are at the moment uh, in the league. And yeah, that that is not a, a short-term strategy. Is not what we're about. We're about prolonged growth over a long period of time and you know, constantly building the club on and off the pitch and you know, we're not going to be going on a boom and bust uh, mentality we know where that can end up mm. yeah absolutely last question from the forum is come on you O's ours who says at the time of the sponsorship by Dream Team there was a lot of opposition uh, to the club being sponsored by Murdoch seeing his reaction to Tilborough first of all were you aware of the opposition I guess you probably were and did it make you think twice about accepting the current sponsorship we did a huge amount of due diligence, which we were very, very, very open with uh, News International. Uh, and the dialogue started in around about November, pretty much when I first started, uh, and continued right the way up until uh, the, the pen went onto the paper, so to speak. We did, as part of that due diligence, we spoke to contacts that we've got uh, at, at Liverpool. Uh, we spoke to a, a, a number of fans. Uh, I would say for every 99 positive comments of this is good for the club, you know, we've now seen the exposure uh, of, of that uh, and what they're able to provide us. And yeah, there, was, there was one or two negative comments that came from it through the connotations of, of the history of it. Uh, but would I make the same decision again? Absolutely. Uh, and there were a number of things that the Dream Team will be announcing in the next few weeks uh, one next week uh, in their engagement with Orient fans is going to go up to another level uh, some of the things they've got planned is just is absolutely fantastic and uh, we're constantly sharing our ideas of how we can uh, boost the partnership even further Brilliant so now on to Facebook they're nearly over Danny don't worry No it's fine uh, it's all good Billy Herring says why don't staff pre-pour drinks like tea, coffee, beer ready for half time if you work out your average sale on each item and then pre-pour 60% won't leave you with any wastage uh, but it would speed up half-time sales uh, exponentially yeah I think the space the counter space so the, I, I we monitored every single queue yesterday so I think I ran around the ground four times at half-time which I should be a lot fitter than I am <laughs> uh, but with, with my staff and uh, Sophie is our uh, finance manager she plays a huge role in the catering so she, she ran around, around she's damn side fitter than I am uh, so she ran around a lot more yesterday and apart from the East stand, apart from one or two people that were almost out of choice at the start of the second half they probably wish they'd stayed in it for a few minutes longer uh, the queues were, were not were not bad yesterday apart from in that East stand and it all comes to, if, you, if you've got all those drinks laying out you've then got people's query and how long those we did it in the uh, yeah. West End for the uh, last game and you've got people saying well how long has it been sat there so we've now introduced wow. the plastic or the PET bottles for Heineken so it's it's yeah, it's horses for courses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You don't want a cold TD that's been that's been sat there. Les K again said, "Sick to death of paying nearly two quid for a bottle of water, not be allowed to have the top with it. How you, uh, yeah, how you supposed to drink or place it during the game without spilling it? Well, that's a football league thing, isn't it? It's a, yeah, a so thing that you can't have very much so. Yeah, it's the, the, the lid has to be, be, be removed, and uh, yeah, that's it. There's nothing we can do." 
Uh, I, I don't want to dub anyone in, but my water had its cap on yesterday. It was quite pleasant. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, to, I, I had a message from Keith. Uh, we had a message from Keith Fort on Facebook, who says, "Can we have uh, can we put up signs telling fans to sit in their correct seats?" As me and my family have seven season tickets, we have to keep asking people to leave our seats all the time, which at times has nearly caused a row. We picked our seats as we like the view, and not for someone else to sit there. Yeah, so two things. Like one, if you can contact us directly, and then we can closely monitor that, uh, and we'll, we'll perhaps put a, a, a couple of tannoy to uh, and messages on social media to uh, ask a reminder. I shall add that to my list. That happened in front of us yesterday. People, some random people sat in someone else's seat. I don't think oh, they're seeing ticket holders. Yeah. But I guess one way around that is to get your name put on that that name sticker put on your seat. I guess yeah, because if someone's got their name on the seat and it's quite clear, then I guess that's probably one way around it. Um, as well so Danny does have a notebook he's taking notes uh, which is always nice yep. to see uh, that's it for listening to questions you mentioned the fourth kit I made a note of it to come back to oh that's hoping for that you know so get an air <laughs> we will be revealing details of the fourth kit in the very 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 near future uh, we're going to be wearing that fourth kit uh, in the nearish future for, for one game uh, obviously, it's 100 years to, to mark uh, in relation to World War uh, One. We clearly have got an awful lot planned in terms of that, including the... Well, I generally can't wait to see it, the, the, uh, the play, uh, which yeah, will great. form part of that marking of, of the event. And we've got a number of uh, things planned uh, for us to tell another story that just makes this club even more... More unique, and uh, we'll be we'll be telling that story, and that that shirt will just be a, a small part of telling that story, and uh, we will reveal the designs possibly in the next ten days, uh, and at the same time we'll be re- revealing the pre-order schedule, the uh, ways that our yeah, fans can get their the hands on the shirts uh, before anyone else. And uh, and most importantly, what game we'll be wearing it for? So we're yes, just in please. relation. We're in communication now with the club that we'll be wearing that with, uh, and we've already well in advance got approval from the sponsors because it will be a uh, apart from the manufacturer, it will be a sponsorless shirt. It would perhaps appear a bit wrong if we were putting a, a, yeah. any sponsor on a shirt that was commemorating yeah. as something as emotive as a World War One. Is it going to be like a limited edition? Or is it going to be available throughout the season, or is it going to be a, a certain? It will be limited edition. Once yeah, gone. once once yeah. that level has gone, uh, and that might give us a, an appetite for uh, future season kit design, should we say? Uh, that might well be a, a a factor on on how well that sells. Of ways that we look at uh, kits further down the line. Cool. Uh, and only other I've got is club shop. Any updates with the shop? Yep, so we continue to scour the, the market in terms of, uh, I, don't, I don't want any more tenders coming through, there are any kit manufacturers, <laughs> I've, I've spoken to, uh, there was one guy actually based in Timbuktu, that's not a joke, he was actually based in no, Timbuktu, uh, so yeah, we, we, we're going to reach uh, the conclusion of that tender in, in the next couple of months, but uh, I think as we alluded to earlier, we've got time on our side at the moment. He didn't need you to deposit money to get money back and all that, so he went yeah. one of them. I assumed years. that was genuine. <laughs> <laughs> I used the company credit card, so it's, 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 it's fine. fine. Yes. Nigel will pay, it's all good. 
Right, well, that's it from a question perspective. So thank you to everybody uh, for sending us uh, questions. Thank you for your honest answers. Uh, appreciated. Next week's fixtures, we've got just the one coming up for the O's, and that's going to be a journey to Maidenhead United on Saturday, the 6th of October. They're currently 16th in the league, having lost at home 3-0 to Salford uh, on Saturday. So we need to go there and do exactly the same uh, as what Salford did to them. So if you are going, do have a safe journey. And why not send us a photo of your of yourself at the ground, on your way to the ground, um, tweet us at Orient Outlook. Uh, we're on Facebook, search Orient Outlook Podcast. Uh, and we are also on Instagram, we are Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Nicely done. And don't forget, the Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis is now available at Amazon.co.uk and at all good bookstores. Danny's read it, his missus has read it. Yeah. So we're going to read it. I'm going to um, get a copy. So make sure you get your copy as well. So it's been a bit of a bumper episode. So thank yeah. you for joining us for episode... <laughs> One five four. It's a busy week on the pitch at the O's with two games as Brain should be comfortably beaten five one away from home on Tuesday night to leave many of us ecstatic. But then on Saturday, our unbeaten start came to an end against a tough National League side in Sutton United. As it's already been said, it was always going to happen, but now it's all about how we regroup and bounce back against Maidenhead next week. Yeah, we'll be back with episode 155 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you have uh, an older relative or loved one who you think will enjoy uh, the podcast, try and help them out in whatever way you can. Yeah, we're also on Amazon Alexa's and on Google Podcasts apparently. So uh, every podcast we do it, we're still going to do it because we still have stock. Um, Just so a few though, to be fair. Not many left. They're also limited edition, so we yeah. have mugs for sale. Uh, one uh, will cost you £7 or two will cost you £12. We can give them to you at games or to get yours in the post, it will cost you £3. But limited edition, once and they're, they're gone, well packed. they're gone. They're well packed. Boom. Yeah, and deal. Still, solo century. So, Danny, thank you for joining us. We appreciate pleasure, it. Thank, thank you. you for giving up your Sunday Thanks evening. Thanks for the questions, guys. It was uh, always good and safe. Always encourage that. Uh, I'm pretty responsive as again mentioned the wife again she's uh, <laughs> are you replying to them again she says uh, but it's, you know, genuinely uh, keep keep the queries coming to, to, to me on, on, on Twitter I'm about as responsive as, as it gets on it and uh, without that feedback that dialogue the suggestions the ideas the comments the criticisms we, uh, we can't grow the club uh, any further uh, without the support of the fans being absolutely phenomenal and uh you got a great club, and I'm, I'm now genuinely proud and uh, to be a, a small part of that and look forward to the future. I think oh, we have a great club, and I've sat here with uh, the previous CEO uh, about three years sat ago. Sat in that chair, actually. asked many of the same questions, and nothing came to fruition, but I've got a good feeling, Danny, that uh, you're going to do it right. And if you'd rather not go on social media, you can email Danny if you'd rather, or if you don't have Twitter, uh, you can email Danny at yep. d.macklin at leytonorient.net. So... It's been a long one, at 1 minute 57, but no midweek game, so plenty for you to listen to over the week on your commutes to work or back, or if you've got a week off, like Mr. Levy has, I have, yeah. just, just to listen to, really just nice. to chill out. Nice. Yeah, it's right for some, isn't it? I've got some tasks here. <laughs> <laughs> so we look forward to hearing from you. Danny, thanks again, and great. as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.